Yeah. yeah. What What should we not talk about? Honestly, we no. just we no. talk about anything we don't want to talk about. Like our last time, it was just it was not a. Uh, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, cheers. Oh yes. Is this recording? Yeah, it's recording. Already? Yeah, Are we rolling already? Mmm. Yeah. This is quite. What kind of wine is this? Italian. What kind of grape? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know that's. Can you read this? I don't know. Is, is it Italian? It's, 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 it's definitely like Cavalier du Or, Castello di Gabbiano. Shit, classical. Uh, established in 2016 by vineyard parcels. I don't know what this means, but this, yeah, it's a product of it's a product of Italy. Uh, is it a product of Italy? It is. It's gotta yeah. be product of Italy. How, how do you like it? Import, how do you I like, like the it. taste. It's very. I, I don't know enough about wines. I feel like wine is something that. I don't know. I feel like at this age. I should know a little bit about. I didn't really get into wine until like a couple years ago. What made you get into wine? <laughs> I don't know. Just like going to like family functions, and then uh, my brother and them they really like wine, so it's always there, and then that really got me into it. You, so do you start like drinking like a lot of wine, like instead, like what, what did you drink normally before, like at parties and stuff? Uh, just like, like anything, like whiskey. beer. Whiskey, cocktails, anything. But do, like ever since you got exposed to wine, do you like actively seek out wine? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Like sometimes I have a bottle to myself. Really? Yeah. Like do you just drink by yourself like when you're alone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? I do that. Fuck, that's one thing I always like, I always imagine like I come home, like I should you not, like I imagine like I come home after a long day at work. Yeah. Even though my work days aren't that long, but <laughs> imagine I get yeah, you work pretty long hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes, but it's not like... You know, I imagine like the actor life, right? Where you're like, you get off set after like a 12, 13 hour day and then you come home and then you have some like blue cheese and you grab a bottle <laughs> of wine and you just sit there and then listen to some jazz and then drink. <laughs> That's a dream, right? Yeah, I don't know. There's something like really nostalgic about that. I, I don't, I, I know, I, I don't necessarily think it's like a dream because I, I could you know do that anytime, but I think it's the feeling of like wine and, and what it means. It's like a... I don't know, like a source of relaxation, a source of um, success in some way. Like if you have like really good wine, yeah. Or if you can appreciate good wines, it means like you're really successful. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's all kind of horseshit too. <laughs> it's, it's kind of horseshit. But if you want to use like wine itself to define success, there's like people with like sellers of wines, and each bottle is like at least a thousand dollars. Yeah. And I don't. To me, that's 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 crazy. That's insane. But would you would you want to have like a huge collection of wine? I I don't think so, man. Oh. Like not to that extent, yeah. at least. At least, it's not <clears throat> something that you know uh, interests me in a way. But you know how like new like I was looking at um I've been fascinated with like apartment designs right yeah and we know like my apartment's a piece of shit but <laughs> I've been looking at like some of the newer floor plans and newer designs of like newer condos yeah and their kitchen a lot of kitchen now comes with like a wine cooler built in oh cool so That's like you really know how cool. you have like an oven you have a dishwasher yeah and then now it's like an oven a dishwasher and then a wine cooler yeah 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 like design gender I actually really like that idea yeah. just like having a mini wine cooler yeah just enough like. 10 to 20 bottles 
I think for me, that's that's enough for why I want. That's enough. That's yeah. enough. Like when I was moving into this place too, I was looking at wine racks. Like if I get like a wine rack, you put like six bottles on top. Cheers. And then like have six bottles and just like, you know, for show, right? Mm-hmm. Might not necessarily even drink at all. But like last year, like, you know, those like cubbies I have up there. That's actually for wine. I had like, I filled it up with nine bottles. Oh, nice. And you know how many I drank? Zero. Zero. That's right. Yeah. You, know, you know what I did with that? I gave it away as <laughs> gifts. Away. I gave it away as yeah, gifts. How can I think of all? You, I didn't know you that well. I, I just met you <laughs> last year. So like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This year I should have got you the bottle, but I didn't. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of wines did you have up there? I had, I, it was from, um, it was from one of my cheap ass friends. <laughs> he, had, he, uh, he knows this person. Oh, you know what's so funny is that, um, like this is how small Vancouver was. Yeah. So last year, uh, it was before I started working at the restaurant. Uh, I have this friend who is a art. Um, he's an art dealer. He owns like a mini art gallery in Vancouver on South Granville, and he also knows people in the wine industry. And he connected me to one of his friends who owns a vineyard, and I bought a bunch of wine off of her for like oh, you know like ten percent off, right? Oh, she nice. made a deal on it and it nice. shipped to my house for Christmas. And then what I realized was that this year, after I started working at the restaurant, my restaurant boss also knows um, the wine dealer. Oh, cool! But I also suspect that not only does he know the wine dealer, but I think the wine dealer is his stepmom. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! I think I think it's actually a have step. Have you ever asked? No, I, I I asked indiscreetly. I said, "Hey, like, does your family own like two vineyards in mm-hmm. in uh, in the Okanagans?" Mm-hmm. And then uh, he kind of like brushed it off. He says, "Oh, my family mostly deals with wine and liquor in China, mm-hmm. but they do have like investments in local vineries as well." Oh, that's very interesting. And how I knew it was a stepmom is because I know that uh, his dad because his dad ate at the restaurant many times and I had a chance to serve his dad mm-hmm. and I knew his dad had another wife for quite some time now mm-hmm. and that wife's uh, uh, was running the liquor side of the business for uh, his dad and from that relationship and again to the woman that I was messaging on WeChat to get my wine I was like I think this is the woman that I was messaging to get the wine from oh okay, yeah. okay. and I think she is the mom the stepmom of my current boss at the restaurant oh <laughs> small world it is a small world yeah it is a small it's weird it's like that's why like I find like wine is so interesting it, it kind of brings brings people together <laughs> yeah <laughs> in some weird way well yeah so one of the reasons that I got into wine is because I was drinking like too much like hard liquor and beer before and I thought that it, it's just healthier to like drink wine more instead of like all of the other things so that's why that's one of the reasons why I got into wine what, what do you like better red or whites uh, definitely red I, can't, I, I don't like wine I like whites you like wine I like whites it's yeah. much sweeter though I like I like that sweet dessert drink oh yeah you do yeah I do yeah. well like reds it's only certain foods right? like I'm having like something heavy like meat or pasta yeah yeah I can do reds yeah but just like casually drinking reds it's pretty heavy for me right right so like I can why? casually drink whites no yeah. problem so you gotta go with certain white that's on the lighter side. Yeah. That, you know, that's not meant for like pairing with like steak or something heavy. Yeah. yeah. Or I feel like right now, like drinking this, we need like some cheese or something. Yeah, yeah. Just to like- Do you have cheese here? No, I don't. Okay. You wanna see my fridge? You know what I have in my fridge? No. I have like two Korean face masks, some like <laughs> uh, ketchup, uh, soy sauce. I don't want soy sauce in my fridge, but I have some soy sauce and that's it. Do you, do you use the, the face masks religiously? <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to um, during COVID, during the lockdown, mm-hmm. 
I, uh, I made a TikTok channel. Yeah. The TikTok channel's name is called Here for the Mask. Right. Here for the Mask, right? Right. And it was just me reviewing face masks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had like about 30 videos up or something like that. And I was like growing organically. So you're like a mask connoisseur. No, I'm not because I was bored. I was so bored during mm-hmm. COVID. Like this was early 2020. Did you like, not go out at all? No. Okay. I literally, I went, you know, I went out, I went out to TNT to buy my mask and I went, <laughs> it was literally every day. Like, cause like literally I get up in the morning, I get up so late, I have breakfast and then like I, I shower, I do a mask and I play FIFA, I play PUBG. Oh, nice. I watch some TV shows <laughs> and then it's like nighttime, I have dinner and then I shower, I do another mask. <laughs> I should, you know, I lived like that for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. So during those three months, um, did you notice any difference in your face? Yeah. Yeah. I realized that my- I actually think that using a mask like on a frequent basis is like actually beneficial to the complexion of your skin and the- Absolutely. And the health of your skin. Absolutely. Oh yeah? Because like our skin is like, it's kind of like how, because I used to be, I'm really into shoes as well. I used to have a YouTube channel about shoes. Like I always talked about taking care of your leather shoes. Skin is like that too. Like skin is self-replenishing. But you need to like moisturize, you need to give it uh, a lot of TLC, yeah. right? Tender okay. loving care. And yeah. face mask is a great way to hydrate your skin. Mm-hmm. It depends on the season. If it gets too dry in the wintertime, you need to, you know, add moisture to it. If it's too, you know, uh, humid in the summertime, your skin gets oily, you need to be able to strip away layers, right? Right, so right. So there, there's, um, there's an art form to that and how right. to do it properly. Like I'm not a, by no means am I a master at it. I did do quite a bit of research yeah. uh, just for my mask videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still very novice when it comes to like skincare and mask. But, uh, so yeah. edu- educate me on this. Like yeah. besides just like hydration in your skin, that sounds like it's it's just temporary. Is there a more like long-term uh, effect to it? What do you mean like long-term effect of hydration? Uh, is there something uh, that's more beneficial than just like hydration itself? Uh, your diet. Okay. Yeah, if you're eating well, like I mean, for for using a face mask. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, literally, like face. Well, there's different. Like there's different. Like some face masks help with acne problems. Some mm-hmm. help unclog pores. Uh, some are just for hydration. Some mm-hmm. are just adding some nutrients and vitamins back into like, uh, what are you? What is it called? Uh, Oh shit, niacinamide. There's a lot. I used to I used to know all this really well. Like two years ago, if you asked me. But there's a lot of functions to doing that, and every mask is a little different because mm-hmm. uh, you gotta find. Like I tried, I tried too many masks in a short amount of time. Yeah. And I kind of damaged my skin a little bit. Oh really? Because if you want to see like good long term results, you gotta stick with a product, mm-hmm. and you really gotta stick it through for like a month, two months, three months, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you actually see change. It's like going to the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. But then like I'm just like fucking curling some dumbbells and then doing some deadlifts. I have right. no regiment. To right. my skincare routine, right, and in that sense, I actually damage oh. my skin quite a bit. But I notice the effects of like which products works well yeah. and which ones don't. Well, I see the point you're trying to get. Then, no. so yeah, it's it's something you gotta do routinely in order to kind of reap the the true benefits and, and gains. Yeah, it, it is. It's a lot of. Um, it takes like a lot of time. in life, like acting. For yeah, example. it's like acting. It's like, yeah, like yeah. you're you're an act, like. Why did you become an actor? Me? Yeah, why'd you become an actor? You were like, you're uh, like a fucking 30, 34 year old. What, how old are you? <laughs> you're not 34, you're not 34. Are you? You're too old to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to tell my true age on this podcast? You can, you can share whatever it is you it's want. It's like a little, a little beyond 30. A little beyond 30, yeah. but under 35. Definitely under 35. Yeah, yeah. a little over 30. Uh, 
you were you were uh, you worked in the finance world for quite some time. Uh, yeah, I worked in finance world. Yeah, we'll yeah. be vague about it. <laughs> we'll yeah. vague. Uh, Howard actually works for like we're just gonna be super vague, but Howard works for one of the most exciting companies probably on the planet right now. And this is not a huge company like Apple and Google, not yet. Yeah. But it will be. Hopefully. It, it hopefully. will be. That's the aim. And I think you'll be a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Um, or even beyond that. You could be worth easily a hundred million, like in the next ten years. I think that's uh that's that's too big of a complimentary there. Yeah, you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like like five years ago when you were just starting off in, in your finance career. Yeah. You know, who would have thought all beyond of this? Beyond five years ago, actually. Beyond five years ago. Yeah. Who would have thought about this, like, NFT and blockchains and all of these tools that we will have now, and now it's propelled your career to such incredible heights. Yeah, yeah. I right. guess, like, that's yeah, funny because, like, I feel like I'm sort of eccentric in that sense because being in traditional finance, uh, people tend to shy away from the cutting-edge stuff, right? Such as, like, blockchain crypto uh, and that that was like a big no-no actually in, in the traditional finance world why is that uh, they just see it as too much of a risk but for me I saw I saw that anything that has a strong technology to it um, there's there's gonna be a lot of opportunity out there right so that was something that I adopted pretty early on and back then I had the vision that this was probably the realm that I really wanted to get into but like such products weren't even like created back then, let's say even three or four years ago. So it's really cool to uh, see it in a way that I've come full circle and finally I'm like fully immersed in this whole like crypto realm. But like you say that like people are kind of risk adverse um, to go into like crypto and you know blockchain and that stuff. Yeah. But isn't like the whole like because I find the whole financial structure it's all it's all built and created out of nothing really, mm-hmm. like it's all like made out of imagination and creativity and all of these like financial products is all man made yeah. right yeah for sure but like so isn't it there's even a greater incentive to like create new things and to push new boundaries yeah definitely I think like every every financial product in in the financial sector it's it's man made it's it's it was innovative. Like a long time ago, it's old technology, but to put it more in context, I work in like compliance, like specifically anti-money laundering, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the traditional finance world, they sell like crypto, blockchain as like a high-risk product that people can um, easily exploit to to Money launder their dirty yeah. pro, uh, proceeds and stuff like that. How do you how do you catch a crypto launder? Crypto longer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a thing. Uh, I can't go into the details about how we detect things, but that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, like you know, people must have seen shows like Ozark. Yeah, and there's a great show that's called like Startup, and it's literally about crypto tech startups and. Oh, Mar- Martin Freeman, the one on Amazon Prime. Mar- uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's about like a group of people doing a startup and then the people invest there are actually drug dealers or something like that. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. That's a good show, actually. Yeah. You know, you always talk, talking about that show. Yeah. They have like really, really strong acting skills yeah. in that show. Like, I. Is that one of your really, favorite shows? Uh, right now it is because I'm, yeah, I'm watching it right now. Well, why? Oh, actually, tell me, why did you go into acting then? Why did you play? You're, you're the first actor I had on this podcast. 
Oh, really? You're the first actor. Yeah, oh, I don't think I have any. So technically, like, I'm very flattered. Your you were Howard was supposed to be episode one. Yeah. We recorded your episode like just over a year ago to date. Yeah. But then we never ended up airing that episode because like. We talked about some stuff that you know we can't really put out there. Right, right. <laughs> and then That's we ended up putting out Steven's episode as episode number one. Yeah. Which yeah. was a piece of shit. Right? <laughs> Fuck you, Steven. <laughs> that was a funny episode. I it was enjoyed fun, it. Yeah, it was a funny episode. Yeah it's, yeah. it's actually very entertaining. It taught me a lesson to never put Steven on a podcast again. <laughs> Many people fell asleep <laughs> listening to that episode. I didn't yeah. I did not fall asleep. Right? I, I had I was laughing throughout the whole uh, episode. You were laughing at Steven's voice or what were you laughing at? Uh, just like everything gets talked about. I find it very entertaining. <laughs> Dude, by the way, have you been lifting? I see. Got some biceps there. I have, man. I have. I shout out to Patrick Koo. Patrick Koo also came on my podcast. Who's Patrick Koo? He, he's my he's my friend from high school, and he's been training me for the last uh, almost three months now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and he's just been able to keeping me like now because of the gym shutdown. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bonnie Henry, for shutting down the gym. <laughs> it makes zero sense why that happened. <laughs> makes zero sense, but that's a that's a different topic. Uh, yeah, he's been training me for the last little bit, and I can do like I can do like you know ten Hindu push-ups, not a problem. Oh, cool! I love you know I actually love the Hindu push-ups. All like my go-to morning exercise. What's that? What's a Hindu? It's like Hindu push-up where you have your ass all the way up and you're like your hands planted, and then like you do like the scorpion dive of your body. Yeah. So it's like almost like a yoga position, and you yeah. like lift your body, your torso up, oh, wow. and you go back oh, with okay. the ass up position. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a that's a more yeah. Western name for it. Yeah, it's like that, but we do the we call it the Hindu. Oh, it's like it's called like a sky. No, it sounds like a scorpion kind of. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's cool. Like he's been running me through all kinds of like one of the biggest things that I think I think Patrick's helped me with is uh, uh, just pain relief because I I had like some pain in my knees that was like mm-hmm. the biggest part from basketball and he was able to like before when I used to squat. Uh, I would always feel the, like a tear in my knee or like a, oh, drilling, a drilling sensation. Yeah. And Patrick was able to really help me, you know, fix that. Now when I do any like goblin squats or like deadlifts or anything like that, pain-free. Oh, nice. Right? So That's good to hear. I think that he just made some small tweaks in my, in my training. And it made oh, okay. So your, your posture, like when you're, when you're Yeah, sparring. posture. And he was helping me like at this one point, I think he was having me elevate my heel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like standing in a more elevated form while I'm squatting. And I yeah. think that took some pressure off of the knee. Okay, great. And slowly my knee just recovered and I was able to, you know, squat normally without the elevated heel. Sweet. Yeah. So nice. Shout out. If you want to train with Patrick, you can do personal training with him. Okay. Freaking amazing. What's his contact? Does he have like a IG? Page yeah, it's right? called a PK Health. PK Health. PK Health. Yeah, you okay. can Google it and then you can see like he he trains. He has a bunch of students. I think he's like fifty students or something. Okay. Cool. Yeah, a lot of um. Yeah, he he's a guy that really knows what he's talking about. Nice. Yeah, I enjoy people like that who are like and people like you, right? You're subject matter experts. Like you're really good in your field. Right, right. You know, like you've been doing it so long, and yeah. then you know it's a narrow field, though. I feel like, but that like That's why personal training or yeah. or your financial thing. I think my financial thing is a pretty uh, specialized narrow field, so yeah. I kind of want like to expand my scope, and then one of the way to do that is just to get into acting, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the weirdest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you always wanted to be an actor, right? Oh no, yeah. So. I was trying to get back to our our topic on acting. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, I've always wanted to give acting a try just because I mentioned to you before, uh, growing up, I was watching like my cousin's work uh, 
their like directors and producers producers in Asia. So at a young age, I was exposed to like acting, right? The kind of like stuff they do, like, salt and like shoot on sets and stuff. So that's always like intrigued me to want to you know give this uh, industry a shot. And then <clears throat> I've been pushing it up for a long time. So I think la- yeah, last year was it last year? Last year, yeah. Time flies. Uh, so last year was when I met Harrison in uh, in acting school and. Uh, yeah, that was that was when we first took our no, that was when we took our first acting class together. Yeah, right? yeah. and that's that's where it all began. I remember it was like three Asian guys, me, you, and Alan. Yeah. And after the first class, like I found out Alan was weird as fuck, and <laughs> you, you came up behind me and you're like, you're like, how did you join that class? And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty normal. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and we had a conversation. <laughs> and that's how we became friends. <laughs> hey, what if Alan listens to this pack? Apologize. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Dude, I love Alan, but he's fucking, he's weird. He is, yeah. But he's talented. He's talented, but also weird. But you know, that's sometimes like really good artists are really, You're really, really weird, right? weird. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like yeah. top talent in Hollywood that are just like weird as fuck. Yeah, like look at Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like the guy gets so, like, or even Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Like those guys have like social anxieties, like yeah. just being in public. Right? They're actually like very, very socially awkward but in public. Brilliant actors. Brilliant actors. Brilliant yeah. actors, right? And, and there's just, tons of those people uh, in this whole, in this, uh, industry yeah how, how are you finding your first year because i know like work's been busy for you my first year yeah like, tell tell us your your journey <laughs> yeah, your first year journey in acting uh it's, it's been pretty fun i say um just like anything you start off uh there's a there's a big hurdle right so the learning curve is pretty steep but uh, once you get down get the basics down um you just keep practicing right and you just get better well, in the beginning, what, what was like scary? What, what was the basics to you? Like, what did you feel like was your foundation that you learned? I actually like have no foundation or any like basic acting skills. So everything was brand new to me. And in the beginning, even just like knowing how to like slate and knowing how to capture, presenting yourself at the right angles on camera and how to walk in at an angle. Mm-hmm. Those were like very, very cool skills that I acquired. Well, you even like, <laughs> so like <laughs> slating is such a. You want to explain what slating is to people? Oh, so it's basically uh, when you're at audition, you're that's how you introduce yourself, right? Where you're from, your height, and what your name is, yeah. right? Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to do in acting. You think so? It's just standing in front of the camera, going like, "Hi, my name is Harrison C. I'm six foot three from Vancouver." Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that part is really hard. Sometimes you just have to do it like five times. To yeah, to get, I don't right? know. Yeah. Yeah. And like, 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 as actors, we do our tape first and we slate afterwards. But then, like, some sometimes there's always some like we get through this emotional scene or this you know piece of like three to five pages, and then it comes to the slate of introducing ourselves to casting, and all of a sudden, right. like, maybe we're drained of our energy and we we don't have anything left, and it's just yeah, uh, yeah. I find slate like I I've been doing tapes with a lot of other actor mm-hmm. friends, and I, I just find slates to be like awkward sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny, like how much they emphasize slating in no. class but then the the reason auditions i've been to in person no. they, they they're like oh you don't have to slate you just you just do it yeah. so you just that, say your that, name right oh you don't even have to they, they're like oh you don't even have to say your name oh, or really? anything so that kind of like caught me off guard i, I wonder why that that is mm. i don't i think it could be because of covid because we both started acting post covid mm-hmm. so we never really seen the the world pre-COVID of how auditions are done. 
Right. Like we're like babies in this industry because we never got a chance to go into the rooms and actually right. audition on a weekly basis. Like you and I both got a chance to go into rooms at some point this past year. Yeah. But it's mostly been through online and through taping. Right. Right. But I can't. I I can't like this style better though. Like you it's like a new way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy the taping because I think it it gets us more opportunities to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like going into a room too because I like the energy. The energy in the room is definitely something different. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like you're actually preparing to go and do something big, and once you're there, uh, the switch just turns on, and you really feel it in like all in every cells in your body. Like you really feel it in your soul that you're there to you're under a certain spotlight, and you're just there to perform. Yeah, like like exactly what you said. You're there to perform. I think. When I go into a room, I feel like I turn on the performance side of my my mm-hmm. my nerves or yeah. my system, right? Right. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like yes, it's showtime. Right. I'm ready to like, I get really like acty. Yeah. Like, really, yeah. 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 I felt that. I definitely felt that too. I feel like uh, you, the nerves are definitely to your advantage once you're in that room. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was really cool. So you, you signed with your agent. When did you sign with your agent? Uh, January of last year or this year this year yeah how many how many auditions have you done have you counted probably like seven seven yeah because you you essentially you when, when did you tell your agent you want to take a break from acting uh sometime in sometime in March yeah so yeah. it was like seven auditions and he decided to take a break and then or I did I did like uh, a couple afterwards afterwards as yeah, well yeah just for because like there were were like good roles good roles and just like good opportunity yeah did, did you feel like you taking a break did that like hinder your progress like your your abilities as an actor your your I guess your craft yeah for sure man yeah. like uh, <clears throat> you understand this because like acting it's like working out right so yeah. you're supposed to like do it on a regular basis if not every day so that you can keep crafting your skill and uh, keep learning new things, but once you stop, even just for a week, you get rusty. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's um, I find like weeks where I don't have auditions, mm-hmm. like I don't know. I feel like I need to be like doing something, like to do a scene. I need to rehearse something, practice something. Or else, like when an audition does come, I get, I get like I'm not ready. Yeah, because I'm training at Andrew McRoy, um, and then they they always talk about like this acting giant within you you cannot awaken it on the spot mm-hmm. like you go into audition you awaken this acting giant inside you it needs to be worked on constantly throughout the weeks and throughout the months mm-hmm. it's like a daily process that you're already always in that zone yeah so when you do get an audition you automatically turn it on right because right. you're already right. in that mindset in that state right whereas that if you go from like nothing to like all of a sudden you got to perform an act it, it just it doesn't end up working well exactly yeah. So, so thank you. Yeah, We're gonna finish this bottle quick. Yeah, we can get through it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me on here. Are you kidding me, man? You're supposed to be guest number one. <laughs> and now, like, you know, Steven gets to hold that glorious title, which he doesn't yeah. deserve, but you know. He set the bar very high. Steven? Yeah. Steven I, I, I don't set the think bar. I'm make the, the listeners laugh as much as Steven does. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if people laughing at Steven or with Steven. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
So we should we should do a three way podcast with, with Steven. Steven. <laughs> I think that would be a really good one. I actually asked Steven to come on for a year in podcast as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, coming I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in the next few days because it's yeah, that's, I'm, yeah. That's something that that's why I really want to listen to it. Yeah, because I feel like it's the end of the year. Twenty twenty one's over. Um, this year has been a mixed bag, but it's been really. It's been really exciting in mm-hmm. so many fucked up ways that I can't even uh, explain. But it's yeah. it's been. Can we can we talk about like some of the fucked up ways or some some of the fucked up things you went through this year, like including acting? Yeah. Like, can you share your acting? Oh yeah. Experience throughout this year. And so then I'll kind of like bounce it off of you too. Let's do it. I, I signed with my agent. Uh, I signed with actually my first choice agent. This is that. So I did my research. So what happened at the end of last year? A year ago today. Uh, you and I were finishing classes at uh, Vada, and then we had our uh, <laughs> demo tape, which was our <laughs> shitty ass demo tape, and then we were ready to submit to agency. And at this point last year, I did all my research. I looked at all the agencies in Vancouver. I narrowed it down to, I think, 38 or around 30 agencies that I could apply to. Mm-hmm. And out of the 30, I made my top nine. And out of my top nine, I had one agent that I really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was the agent I ended up signing with. Nice. So it was fucking amazing. Yeah. It was great, right? I, was, I signed with her first, uh, January 7th, I think, is when I signed with her. Sweet. So it's almost been a year now. Sweet. So I signed with her, and then we started, you know, she started submitting me for auditions, getting, like, you know, going out to casting, doing tapes. I wasn't getting anything. And then come June 1st of this year, 2021, she sends me an email. She says, Harrison, I'm going to have to let you go. So I get dropped by my agent June oh, 1st. That was unfortunate. Which is freaking... And then like all throughout the months of June, I was can, like... Can you, wait, before you move forward, yeah. can you share a little bit about what you were feeling inside? Because uh, like maybe like there will be other actors listening to this, right? So just sh- shed some wisdom on you know how to cope and handle like uh, the not so good aspects to acting. You know, to be honest, I... I wasn't expecting it because I felt at least I would, my agent would give me a year or two, right, to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I was, I was upset about it. But I think I was probably dazed for like a good like day. A day. Oh, yeah, I was just kind of like, I was like, days. I was like, fuck, like I was like for like a good day, I was just kind of like, wow, really, I got dropped. So what happened was I got the email around like one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and I kind of just sat there and I was like, huh. And I pondered that email for about like a good two hours before mm-hmm. I replied to her. And uh, I was just thinking about what to reply to her. And all I said was, I said, you know, it's been a pleasure to work with you. I really appreciate all the hard work you guys have done. Uh, thank you for your time. Proud to have been part of your agency. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that was that. And then I moved on. Oh, wow. Uh, did, you, did you get a reply back? Yeah, she, yeah, she did. She replied okay. me back and she thanked me as well. And then okay. she wished me the best. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was a really did good. Did you tell Huh? Did she tell you why? Uh, she just said that like she felt like she wasn't able to get the work she wanted from me. Mm. And it was honestly because like, and then later on, I actually find out why I got dropped uh, from one of my teachers. Mm. And it's a whole different story. But at that point, I kind of thought like, am I just like a shitty actor or like what's going on, right? Uh, but, and the thing is, it's not normal to get dropped. It really isn't normal. Uh, most actors, they've been under agent for a long time. It's, it's not a thing where it should try you out for, unless you're just like, you suck, you're terrible, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. But in which case, the agent probably wouldn't sign you in the first place. Right. Right? Yeah. So in my case, it was a really rare... You know what? We were both really for, uh, very, very fortunate to have, like, just recently submit or put together our professional package yeah. 
and then a few weeks later it got signed because uh, for those who don't know in this industry uh, we know people who haven't been signed even after two years of finishing like a half year program yeah, yeah. what the stat is like only 5% of actors get an agent oh is that is yeah that's that only all 5% of all actors get an agent I think only uh, 2% of all actors actually book roles oh wow yeah I didn't know the stats were that yeah, crazy. 5%. 5%? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Are you for real? Yeah, 5%. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when we were talking about this, like, yeah. you're like, where well, we thought, like, basically anybody off the street can apply for an agency. Yeah, anybody, anybody can yeah. apply, but yeah, yeah. not everyone can get it. Right now, like, oh, I think wow. it's easier being an Asian right now because there's a need for Asian talent. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier, but, like, for, like, some of our white actor friends, like, yeah. it's harder for them because it's so competitive. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's so many, like, white actors out there. Right. Whereas Asian actors, there's still not that many. Mm -hmm. And then it's still, like, you know, the quality is still not that high yet. This, uh, you know. I feel like Chinese I'm kind of privilege right here. I feel like it is Chinese privilege. I feel like I'm kind of dragging down the the average for us. <laughs> I need to help raise the average a little. But it was uh, no. So yeah, that, so yeah. This year actually, uh, we were off to a really really good start. It was yeah, like yeah. signing signing the papers by when the whole new year began. Yeah, yeah. And then we thought, or I thought I was gonna you know kill it this year, but then yeah. what happened was that three months in, I had. A new job op opportunity yeah. where um which will lead you to a hundred million dollars uh, <laughs> i hope so one yeah. day yeah yeah so i've been super super busy with that where there are days where i had to work like what 14 to 16 hours Jeez. and then that's what took up most of my time so it was really hard hard to juggle uh, my full-time work and acting no yeah super unfortunate yeah, but, but i do miss it though i miss it so much but this year, well, 2022, you're, you're going to get back into it? I hope so. I hope so. Like, yeah. uh, realistically, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. No. I, I Like, that's actually one reason. Because so, I, I, after I got dropped by my agent, I spent the whole month of June mm -hmm. uh, working with my coach. You know, one of the biggest blessings my agent, my old agent gave me was that she introduced me to a really good coach. Nice. And I ended up... Uh, uh, working with him and his other guy on a package that they built together for demo reel headshots yeah. uh, resume and he gave me a list of agencies to submit to and one of them was actually your agent yeah yeah. so I ended up interviewing your agent and yeah, five other agencies with her, right? exactly right yeah. and I actually I almost went with her as well yeah so that nice. she's very very yeah, cool lady you have a very good agent one that's you know fiery that's willing to fight for her talent yeah. and that she's really been takes care industry for like 30 years yeah so she knows like what's up yeah and yeah she's great so you, you really do, you, you really have a good agency and a good agent that's in your corner. So I think when next year comes, uh, you're ready to get back into it. I think you'll have someone good by your side to coach I, you. I hope you. so. I hope so. No. Yeah. Really? So it, it is a tough industry to be in, right? It's super competitive. Yeah. And it's just depressing too because every audition you get, you're like, oh, this is my role. I'm going to get it. And then yeah. you do the audition, you don't hear it back and you go through a depression phase and like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at least for me, my, for my circumstance, I f felt that every audition, there was something to be learned from, right? It's like, because for each audition, you're playing like a different character and then you're exploring like new skills to to character development, I felt like. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, it, uh, going into everyone was a little different, but I also like, like even the whole audition process, it's very difficult because you, you need to craft something in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was working with my coach, Wesley yeah. Salter, 
he was coaching me in a way where it's like, because he used to do casting and he knows what all the networks want from mm-hmm. these Vancouver shows. And then he would see a breakdown. He knew exactly who the casting director is. He knows what type of show it is. He knows the genre, the theme, the tone, what you know the network is looking for. And I go in and I'm thinking I'm going to play the character this way. And he's like, no, okay, I want you to hit one, two, three, four, five. And I have to hit all the points he gives me. Right. He says, okay, say this line this way, hit this mark, look this way, do your next line. Yeah. Like that type of like so coaching, he, right? Yeah. So he knows the formula. He knows the formula, right? Getting like the role that you want, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And at that point, it's, it's, it, it is, it almost becomes less creative. Not, not saying that it's not creative anymore because you as an actor, you still have to perform, right? You got to hit everything right. But mm-hmm. there's almost, there's almost like a formulaic way to achieve uh, a decent result, to be able to be pushed on to the next level, right? Right. So for casting to see about, hey, I feel like this character has hit what I want him to hit, I'm gonna send him the tape off to LA mm-hmm. and then see what LA thinks. Nice. Yeah, so like that's what I kind of felt like, especially from these like smaller Vancouver show roles. Yeah. Because we're still very much like, they're not casting the leads out of Vancouver or anything. Oh, they're not? They're not. Like, yeah. Maybe even low? No. No? Oh. I mean like, you know that new Steven Spielberg movie about, um, Steven Spielberg is making a movie about uh, himself when he was young. And they actually casted someone from Vancouver to play Steven Spielberg. Uh, he's a Vancouver actor, a young oh. kid. Oh. And I think they also casted a few other Vancouver actors too, but what happened was I think their visa got denied. Why? Why? Because the US says, we don't want you to cast Canadians, we want you to cast Americans. Oh, well, is that political? Yeah, of course. Because like, no, like, the, the Americans are very protective of their jobs, right? If they, right. If they have the talent in the U.S., they don't want you to use Canadian talent. Oh, wow. So yeah. the people working at the, the visa place, yeah. they actually denied it. Yeah. That's like super uh, bureaucratic. Even with the studio lobbying, saying, hey, these kids are the best actors for this role. Is that and, true? Yeah, of oh, course. Because wow. if the studio this wants to cast them, they already negotiated a contract. If the studio wants to cast them, the studio's going to back their visas. Oh. The studio's going to go to the INS, immigration, and say, hey, uh, we want visas. This is fucking like Warner Brothers with like the big-ass companies, right? And they're saying, yeah. hey, we want these kids to be in our movies, give them visas so they can come work in the U.S. Yeah. And the INS says, no, fuck you. Uh, cast American. We don't want these Canadian kids. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. But it happens. They have to recast all those roles, right? So it's true. So you could get a role and it shoots in the U.S. or like, fuck you, Howard, you're not getting a job in the no, U.S. It's messed up, man. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's maybe, you know, you have a, like, for example, like Simu, like Simu Liu, who played Shang-Chi, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's an exception. Like, of course, you're going to get exceptions like him uh, who, you know, started off on a Canadian uh, TV show mm-hmm. and then shot some, like, local stuff in Toronto and then, like, slowly build a name for himself as like a local Vancouver actor yeah. and then when the time came to cast like an Asian superhero uh, the list was very short right of people to choose from and he was one of those people that was up up for it dude if he were no. in the right opportunity at the right time no. at the right you know day and age yeah. you would have been in Shang-Chi I don't think I could play that character why not I don't think so I, that character's not for me it's, okay. it's not for me it's not a uh, um. Uh, yeah, like to be honest, like as 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 much as like hate, I know Simu gets a lot of hate. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's the best choice to play that character, to be honest. But oh, uh, well, okay. have you I, seen the movie? I haven't. Uh, yeah. I want to watch it though. Can you stream it yet? You can stream it. I can give you the website. Oh, okay. Have yeah. you seen it? I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like it? It's. 
like it was kind of like every Marvel thing I saw this year. Okay. So, so it was kind of like, like Winter typical, Soldier, Falcon, typical Winter. Marvel uh, theme. Like. No, no, no. It's not typical Marvel theme. It's it's I usually very like during Phase One of Marvel or I don't know what do you call the last ten years of Marvel like Phase One. Phase One. Yeah. Yeah. What? With all the Iron Man's and Captain America. Oh, okay. Of course, right? So like compared to that era, like this one's yeah. like it's 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 okay. Uh, but it's just kind of like every Marvel movie that came out this year. It's yeah. kind of meh. Yeah. It's kind of meh. Except, well, except for Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man, I heard That's a lot of amazing things about, right? So I'm going to actually yeah. watch Spider-Man. Uh, I saw that yesterday. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll watch it. Yeah. But then Shang-Chi was kind of like, uh, as an, I guess as a, if I put myself in the shoes of an American watching it, I'd be like, yeah, there's something to this. Yeah. But if I were like, if I were watching as like a Chinese person, I'd be like, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think so? Then maybe that's why they didn't uh, air it in China. No, uh, I think China banned it because. So this is the reason I think China banned it. China banned it because I think China didn't like the idea of like Marvel creating this like Chinese superhero, like for Chinese audiences. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like. Especially when they cast someone that's like not even like that Chinese. Mm-hmm. Simu is Chinese, like by and all. He's he's right. he's born in Harvey, and like that's as Chinese you can get, right? Yeah, like he's from Dongyang. Was very low, right? Yeah, Kim was five. He's younger than me when he came. Okay, right. And me too. Yeah. yeah, but like I just thinking like if if Marvel, you know, was really like building something for a Chinese audience, they would have cast a, like Eddie Pang or someone. Right. Eddie Pang would. I don't even know who Eddie Pang. Peng Yuyan. I don't know who that. Peng Yuyan. No, he's from Taiwan. Man. Is he? Yeah, he's from oh. Taiwan. Yeah. I don't. I don't follow like the whole celebrity thing that really? closely. Yeah. Pony, you know. Is he? Is he, is he? Did he move to here after? No, he he grew up in Vancouver. Oh. Yeah, okay. grew up in Vancouver. He no back, clue who that is. So uh, he went Sorry, back to Taipei. Like, there's a lot of people who I don't know. No, it's fine. Yeah, but he he's a big actor in China. He's a huge. He's one of the biggest oh. actors in China right now. Um, he's so talented, super talented. Okay. I think for one of the roles, he uh, he played this. Um, this like drug uh, drug enforcement officer in Southeast Asia, and he actually went to train with like the Thai special forces to learn like about like uh, drug enforcement and like how to fight narcotics and stuff like that. So he really he's a really good oh, actor, really? really dedicated actor. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, he's yeah, re- really, uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, like he would have been. Let, let me show you a picture of his face, and you know, like you know what? I, I should be in like a TV show like Startup talking about. Tar- Crypto and money longer. You'd be a natural. I'd be a natural, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you look at him, this is like the, like, if this was Shang-Chi, it would have made sense. I, I can't see him as a Marvel, though. Oh, yeah, but he, uh, he speaks, like, fluent English, too. Okay. That's, like, that's, like, honestly, like, I, I feel like he would have been, yeah. like, the best, like, Shang-Chi. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, he, he would have been, like, a overly good-looking Shang-Chi. So you call me Simu bad-looking? He's not as good looking as this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's also nice to see someone like Simu get a get a role. Like I think I think Simu getting the Shang Chi role was like a big inspiration for me to go on acting. For sure. I was like, this guy can fucking get the Marvel role. I was like, I can play like I can play some roles too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the yeah. Yeah. No, twenty twenty two yeah. will be your year. I, I I'm hope so. uh, I'm ruining for you. Hey man, I auditioned for the last Airbender. I didn't, I didn't know it was that. Yeah, I still want. That was a big one. That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. and I gave a in that audition. I had to give a speech 
and I was like, I was, and how I, long was the how long was the how long was your script? It was three pages. It wasn't three that pages. Long. Yeah, okay. it wasn't that long. Like how long? Like, but it was a bit of dialogue. Dialogue was quite heavy. Yeah, yeah. That's, but it was it was well written in a way. I actually memorized it in like twenty minutes. Oh really? Yeah, I memorized it super fast. Cause super quick yeah because yeah. I realized well that's the thing I remember when we first started acting it took yeah. us like a week to remember three pages yeah or days and then it would days, be like weeks. a day right yeah. and then be like you know, a couple hours yeah but then now like three pages I could do it like about like 20 minutes or so oh so do you yeah. think like memorizing a script is just like another skill that it is it is you develop as an actor you practice like memorization? you get so fast at oh, it you, oh really yeah now like I could do it really fast did you did you uh, acquire any like new memorization skills no you, to you just you just memorize things faster oh Okay. It's not one of the things. There's like tips and tricks of how to do it. Yeah, it's just like you just you just do it faster. So mem- memorization can be practice as well. Yeah. Oh, because if you're always doing classes, right? You're yeah. always memorizing like five, six, seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. pages plays, mm-hmm. and by the time like a a script of like three page audition comes around, it's like twenty minutes work done. Mm-hmm. You got it. Right? You got the lines. Interesting. Done. Interesting. Yeah. And then you work on a character. And you work on some choices. Cool, man. Yeah. You know what? I want I want to hear more about like. Uh, so you stop. You you explain like you know the the fallout between you and your Asian, yeah, your former Asian. So yeah. like not a fallout. Oh, yeah, sorry, not fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, let me plug this uh, battery recorded. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Not a fallout, but like you know that little little roadblock that happened yeah. early, in the middle of this year. So let's let's can you share more about like what happened afterwards? Yeah. So until, afterwards, until now, yeah. I got sad for like a day. Yeah. I didn't. Pretty good. I didn't cry. Good. Yeah. And then, so like literally, she dropped me like on June first. Yeah. And then by June fourth, I already set up my meeting with Wesley Salter, which is my coach, and it'll be a game plan, a strategy to get an agent by July. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up interviewing with pretty much every agency I wanted to interview oh, right. with. Agent I interviewed with yeah. characters, Trisco, Pacific Artist, Red. Uh, uh, the only one I didn't get was Play. That was the only agency I didn't get an interview with. But then like I interviewed with all the other ones. I got offers from everybody. Yeah. And Wes was ecstatic. I was happy. Uh, and I ended up signing with Red. Yeah. So I ended up going Red. Yeah, and yeah. I, I remember I remember you were showing me your uh, your photo shoots for your, for your second time like applying to agencies. Yeah. They were like completely different than the first time. Because first time we're right. shooting, we don't know anything. Simon, right. Simon, fucking just tells go get some headshots. Right? Yeah, but, but the second time around, like yeah. wow, there were so much. There was so much more flavor to it. Yeah. To to your looks, and then it looked like you were actually like portraying as someone else rather than like as Harry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that has because he says in Vancouver you, you gotta have the different headshots, right? Network TV, you gotta have one that's like more, like you know, character one that's more like you know, you're playing a badass or you're playing like someone like sneaky or creepy or someone, right? Mm-hmm. And then you gotta have one that's for Hallmark, the happy go lucky, <laughs> yeah, happy Chinese guy. Right? Yeah, sounds like my dog. Golden <laughs> Retriever. What's your dog dog's name? Lucky. Lucky. Oh, yeah, happy go lucky. Yeah. You should have another dog named Happy. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, go, lucky. <laughs> it's all in the punctuation, that's how you say it. So yeah, yeah, so the, the latter half of the year, you went on, you went for many more auditions, right? Yeah, I'll tell you, I did 36 auditions this year, I didn't get shit. Did 36? 36. But that's oh, actually This not... is including like all the, the voiceover, all that stuff Yeah, too, it's right? like commercial. Yeah, commercials, yeah. But oh, honestly, shit. 36 is not a lot. It's very little. 
It's okay. You know, most actors get like 80 a year. Yeah, and then they only get one role. Maybe, maybe or yeah. two. But like, or I, maybe even nothing. But yeah, like, like to be honest, like I was disappointed. Actually, no, to be honest, I did get a Chinese TV show this year. I did get that Chinese. Did I tell you about that Chinese TV show? I think so. From, I did from the workplace, right? Yeah, I did yeah. get the Chinese TV show. So what happened was did you I, get credit for it. Uh, I don't. I don't fucking care to be honest. Okay. <laughs> like I, uh, I, I work at this restaurant, and then this restaurant, uh, one of the manager, like sorry, the owner knows the owner's parents knows this like famous TV anchor from China. He used to host like China's like nightly news, right? And he now lives in Vancouver. And he started his production company in Vancouver, and they want to make like local Canadian content for a Chinese audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had this TV show audition. I got this. I didn't get the role I wanted to get, but I got this like smaller role as like a student. Uh, I was on camera quite a bit because I was sitting beside the main character a lot. Uh, and then like we shot for a little bit, and then like it was yeah, it was pretty dumb. <laughs> 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 like I, I, I why, why was it dumb? I was so excited to drip. I just like I realized like day one, I'm like this is not very professional. What? The, like the, just the experience of it, okay. because everybody is kind of like a like very green. Like everyone's like doing acting as like a hobby. They're not like really professional the director's professional yeah we had like our, we had an acting coach who was a professional actor in china for 20 years she's yeah. pretty good uh but everyone else is pretty like meh really like there was like there was like times where like the the director was just like coaching like these actors on how to like play certain parts and it's like it's very much like pace one acting kind of stuff oh really yeah it's very so that's much like, like very very green and very amateur stuff it is it's yeah. complete everyone's com- not, not that I'm good because I'm, I'm a piece of shit no, too no, right? I'm sure you're like much better than most of them but like it was it was just like I don't know I felt like like that time like I wasn't getting paid a lot either and then like, I just felt like it doesn't really help my career yeah uh, I much rather time like spinning class and then working on my craft and doing something it was just it wasn't a very good experience <laughs> so i guess i did get the one role but it wasn't a, it wasn't i wouldn't really consider it it's okay man yeah. like, i i i was on a couple of scenes yeah for my youtuber friend yeah her uh her video that she was making yeah um it was like very very like amateur stuff too but, you, but it's an experience that it's a, well at the so end of the day it's I also thought, experience to act it's also like an experience to yeah. to get exposure to being on set and to, to act right yeah that's so true I'm sure, I'm sure you got something out of it yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering what you're looking at I caught a bunch of girls WeChats <laughs> <laughs> on your computer no I'm looking at the, the timeline and the recording I just want to make sure this mic doesn't disconnect Okay. Is this mic? This is not my usual setup. The audio is not as good. Yeah. Uh, but like, I just want to make sure everything runs smoothly. Okay. I might need a new laptop soon. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of expensive. Yeah. I think I might switch to PC. Do you use a PC? Uh, I do. I do. Yeah. I have a Lenovo. Oh, you Lenovo? Yeah. Right? yeah. I was thinking about I could. Cause I, I work right now. I use a MacBook. Use a MacBook. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I might. I might go back. I like. To I like a PC better. You like a PC better? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, just easier to use. Really? Yeah. I find Macs easier. Because oh, really? I I use PC all my life and I, I want to switch to oh, Mac. Really? I was like, oh okay. shit, yeah. Because I was with the Apple ecosystem for a long time, right? But now yeah. I'm using a Samsung. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at the Samsung Galaxy Book. I think I was switching to that one. Mm. Or even the the Huawei MateBook X. Okay. That one's pretty cool. Or even the uh, Lenovo one. Yeah. I like Lenovo computers. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, go Huawei. 
Huawei? Support the motherland. Over the motherland. Well, I had a Huawei phone for like two years. Yeah. Until it's like the, the freaking the guy. This guy, this motherfucker charged me like almost $300 to fix my screen. And then he did fix the screen, props to him. But then he messed up my microphone and my camera. While fixing the screen. Yeah, so I was like, I'd rather have a broken screen than not have a good microphone <laughs> camera. Really, honestly, I'd rather do- Where did you do bring it to? This, this guy in Richmond Center. Oh. It's called- um, Why don't you bring it back and be like, oh, can you fix like- I did, I brought it back. I gave it to him for like another month and a half and he still couldn't get it right. Okay. I was pissed at that point. I just like, I just- yeah, I would be too. Don't like, just yeah. don't even touch my phone anymore. And so, I, yeah. I donated that phone to my to my work, to my uh, store. And then we use it as a store phone. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, what what's uh if you can list three most memorable memorable moments from acting, whether it's from like, uh, classwork yeah. or audition or you know just like self tapes at home, yeah. Uh, what what would they be? Uh, from acting this year. Yeah, this year. I would say. I would say signing my agent. Yeah. Uh, both agent. I would say my mm-hmm. first agent in January, my second agent in July. Right. I would say that's both a very great moment for me. That'd be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think, was uh, uh, doing tapes and just getting better and better as the progression went on. I remember um, doing uh, the, the last tape I did for my old agent. You helped me with that tape. It was for this project called Trade Winds, and I was playing this rich douchebag. Do you remember that role? Uh, yeah, sort of very yeah. vaguely. Yeah. I, that role was by far the best role for me that I had all year. Mm-hmm. And even my coach, because what happened was I ended up using that as my demo reel. Oh, nice. And then my my coach was telling me that role, it's a shame I didn't perform it better during the time of the audition because my coach said that role was really right for me. Yeah. Right. They really saw me as that character. And that was my favorite character by far out of all the ones I auditioned for this year. Yeah. Uh, but you know, unfortunately I didn't get it and you know, you know, that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I would say another moment is probably uh, I think it's just working with other actors like nice. being able to help other actors audition and then having them help me audition and just like helping each other get better yeah. and seeing like everyone around me people I've been taking classes for with a year mm-hmm. all elevate their, their craft I think that's been very satisfying and nice. it gives me comfort to know that like this is a really great path and actually you know it's a really shitty path but it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, you think about it it doesn't make sense right? high risk high reward right not even it's high risk the reward's not even that high to be <laughs> yeah but it's just like you just enjoy it right you just enjoy the craft of it yeah you enjoy the craft yeah. and I just there's something I enjoy like my friend always says like, why don't you be a YouTuber and stuff right but mm-hmm. like I, I did want to be a YouTuber at one point I'm, I might still do YouTube but I enjoy being able to play a character and then having people know you as that character and then just forgetting about it and then mm-hmm. living your life normally. Yeah. Whereas if you're a YouTuber, you're constantly... You gotta constantly like, be that person. You're constantly a YouTube guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, which like, I don't know, like that's not a bad thing, but at this point in my life where I, I tried to take TikToks, I tried to YouTube, uh, I kind of like... Like now, I don't even post on Instagram that much. Yeah, I know this. I was I, going to ask you. Today. I turned. You know, it's weird. I turned I felt, very private in the last. I'll say this past year, I've been the most private about my life. Right. Uh, I've ever been. You know what? I, I felt like really awkward to ask you about this whole 
uh, Instagram shenanigan thing. Because, What's Instagram shenanigan? Uh, because like, I, it was very obvious to me that you weren't as active on Instagram, or you appear to be. You're you don't appear to be as active. Yeah. Because um, when I met you, you were always like posting very frequently. And you're just like, yeah, you do things on there that would make you appear to be really active, right? Yeah. For, for some reason, like, later on, like, second half of this year, I clearly see that you're, you have no posts on there anymore. Yeah. I was actually going to reach out to you and ask you about that. I That's actually... It's like, it's very, um, it, it, it does not define you and your personality. You know what's funny? Because I actually, I feel like I'm my life has been pretty much the same if not even better yeah uh without being on instagram yeah without this last year because now like i still eat out at a ton of like expensive ass really great restaurants yeah i just don't post about it anymore because i I just i don't i don't enjoy it anymore okay i don't know like it's like i used to like before i met you like i done snapchat for a year where Mm. what i did was i made a snapchat story every day for 365 days oh really i actually have i made a half an hour movie about it i can show you later show me so i compiled it like my different snapchat moments and it was really cool because i built a community around my friends that they all kind of knew my other friends because friends would watch my story and they would see other friends of mine and they would kind of all know each other because of my snapchat Mm-hmm. Right, and then like I, I really enjoyed that process because I found it really fun and really like, it gave me this creative burst yeah. of energy. Right, I didn't have a lot of people watching. It was only like two hundred people that really watched it, yeah. but it was very consistent. Like the people that watched it were always watching it, mm-hmm. and they would always message me about things. And people were connecting. Were they people that you know? Yeah, they're all friends, right? Okay. But they might be friends that I haven't seen in years, mm-hmm. right? And they're watching or commenting, and it feels like. And every time I see someone I haven't seen in a long time they always feel like that they see me so much because they always see me on Snapchat. Right, right. right? And I love to be able to connect like that. It's a quick just, question. Yeah. Snapchat, like Instagram, like all of the stories that you post from before, yeah. can, if I sign back to it now, can I still get it back? Uh, no. no. Uh, there's an archive. Snapchat does have an yeah, archive. Yeah, yeah. So can I get those uh, in the archives? So. I'm okay. pretty sure. I haven't been on Snapchat in years. You have a lot of crazy yeah. posts on Snapchat. Uh, is it appropriate or is it like something uh, like... <laughs> Semi-appropriate, semi-not-appropriate, yeah. I can't imagine your Snapchat to be too appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, back back to Instagram point, I just like, I, if you look at the first half of the year, compared to the second half of the year, I I did a lot more fun and crazy shit in the second half of the year. Yeah, but I I didn't post about any of it. Like, usually a lot of people do like crazy fun yeah. stuff and then it's not on Instagram yeah yeah, it's not I feel like for a lot of people it's just a facade for them right? the, the Instagram's a facade yeah yeah it it's is the yeah. way they portray their lives yeah it is yeah. a little bit facade yeah. and it just it depends like I, I feel like I feel like if I'm posting now I would have like I was posting in the middle of the year for a while because I was trying to get this girl mm-hmm. and then she watches my stories mm-hmm. and I was trying to portray like a version of me to her yeah. to become more attractive you know I, I think yeah. I fall a victim to that as well yeah yeah because like right now I think like as I as I'm getting to know new people I'm trying to keep my uh, stories as active as possible so that they can see like my live aspects of my life and stuff like that yeah 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 no I but that's a tactic super, that's a tactic it's super dumb it's like I naturally no it's so fucking it. smart <laughs> so, no, no, no. I, like I don't intentionally do it but for some reason I think it's like the I just I naturally want to do that for some reason 
Yeah. 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 No, it's a tactic. Okay. It's a tactic. I think that's really smart. I think you're using it for certain purposes. Mm-hmm. Like now, like I, I never post a WeChat anymore. I only post on WeChat to sell stuff, mm-hmm. right? There's a very strategic purpose while I'm posting. It's like same right. with Instagram. Now, if I'm posting Instagram, it's probably for some like weird reason. Mm-hmm. Like I could be trying to like trying to pick up this girl or something, <laughs> or like some, some some strange reason, right? Like it, it's not just for my own entertainment yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like I posted this thing the other day where like no, what made you like mod to like stop posting as much? I just I don't I don't find the joy in it. Mm. It's just like like that. It just like ah, it's gone. Your joy is gone. Yeah, like it used to be like I go to a nice restaurant, I will like take photos of all the food, right? Mm-hmm. And post it all. Yeah. But I like vlog about it. But, hey guys, this is the filet mignon. This is the sable fish. This is the <laughs> you know whatever the fuck you know. But now like I st- I still have all the photos. I still take photos of all the yeah. food I eat at different restaurants. I just don't post it. Yeah, I'm smelling myself because I still have like that aroma from tonight's dinner. Did you have that? It's very strong. It is. Yeah, you yeah. got Moroccan food. Yeah, yeah, the Moroccan food. Yeah, like yeah. the Moroccan food. I'm not gonna post that. On, yeah. on, I might post on WeChat actually. So like tonight's dinner, what would you rate it out of ten? Uh, overall or by dish let's do overall just because it's easier I'd say 7 7 7 yeah, oh, that's pretty high solid solid yeah, yeah. I think it was a solid meal yeah I mean yeah. for for my Moroccan experience yeah. definitely like I can give it like an 8 yeah. for that Moroccan experience yeah yeah, yeah like there's um, by far like Yemenese food is still like my favorite uh uh, I guess Middle Eastern cuisine. it's also like Lebanese right all kind of like slightly different with like uh, different nuances they're different yeah there, there's different nuances it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like they're all similar but also a little different like for example like like Chinese food is so like Cantonese cuisine Shanghainese cuisine Sichuan yeah. cuisine yeah. they're all kind of similar yeah, all, yeah. but there's, there's different it's nuances it's very different exactly. in a way right yeah there's different nuances to them yeah, yeah. I find like that's kind of similar Middle Eastern food oh, right? Arab okay. food too cool. it's that there's like there's a lot of similarities yeah. because of the region and the spices and the culture but there's yeah. also differences to it yeah yeah, yeah that's what I, I find yeah. really cool yeah I'm really it really surpassed my expectations tonight. Yeah. The place we went to, yeah. The, 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 the Moroccan place? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I want to try the Yale Town place when it opened up, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Maybe we should go again. Yeah, we'll go Maybe again. Maybe when I have a date, we can do a double date. Double date? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to do a double date. Huh? No, that's, that's not your thing. Uh, that's not thing. Yeah. Which girl are you going to bring? Because you have like five girls right now. You're in the works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you animal. I think that was. You animal. We're an hour into the podcast. Uh, you gonna know. Think to talk about my game would kill my game, so I rather. I don't. I don't want to talk about your game, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, but Howard has taught me a lot, to be honest. Have I really? Teacher. You taught me a lot. Yeah. Really? Do you think they're actually like useful? I think you give me a lot of confidence. Yeah. I think that's one thing I learned from you. Like before, like around girls, I was always like a little like awkward, really? but now I'm still awkward. But now I'm just awkward, but I'm confident about it. But I think it's normal to have interactions that are slightly awkward, but it's just you gotta shift that energy. No, I don't shift right that energy. Way. Okay. I'm just, I continue the awkwardness and yeah. I, I, I just, it's kind of like the not posting Instagram thing. Yeah. Now I'm just really comfortable with who I am. Yeah. And my awkwardness. And I feel like girls that like that, they'll come talk to me. Girls that don't like that, they'll stay away from me, right? Which so is always a good thing. I'm not playing like, right off the bat. You can like kind of weed out yeah. like, who's not um, who's not going to be on your list, right? Yeah. yeah. Like this girl, I remember I, I was like crazy for her like five, six years ago. Like, yeah. like 
but at that point I was so awkward now like I'm super like don't give a shit anymore like we actually I actually talk to that girl a lot more now right yeah but just as friends like right, we right. know each other for so long right and then like yeah. we, we actually it, connect much better it actually helps when you don't give a shit as much you don't yeah you just yeah. don't give a shit right? yeah because the more shit you give the more uh, tension there is and there's more weight on you too there's more weight yeah. on there yeah like there's things and the less that, you care the more like it'll gravitate towards you yeah yeah. Like don't take shit too seriously. That's one. Thing. So do you think that that's one of the things that like help you? I feel you you gave me a lot of that. Like you gave me a lot of that confidence, a lot of that perspective. Yeah. Of just like the best game is to not worry too much. Okay. Because you know there's more important games to be played. <laughs> <laughs> did I ever? Did I actually say that to you? You didn't. I don't. You, I might have paraphrased, but it's yeah. just it's it's just I feel like that's your attitude of how okay. you look at things and how you approach things. I honestly just like give right. you like a sure like real experience of experiences with you and I think yeah. like uh, each person's takeaway is probably different yeah. based on like each person's different circumstances and such absolutely yeah, yeah. so I guess like your takeaway uh, yeah it's actually very interesting let's hear what your takeaways are yeah uh, you want to share my takeaways no no like uh, maybe <laughs> like how, what made you feel more confident or like what why you saw it differently based on what I told you? Being being myself, mm. I think I just I feel like how you're you can be, uh, like even watching you act right. Like I remember when you first started acting, you were like a little bit conscious, so you're a little bit nervous. Super conscious, yeah. Man. And well, then like even to you even probably now, are, I'm so very conscious, yeah. yeah. But like how you're able to like ease into that world like mm. slowly and just let go and let loose, mm. right? And for you, like you know. Um, I come from a lot of theater when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so it's it's easy to like for me to kind of like mold myself into that world. Yeah. But you know, you you've been in finance your whole career, mm-hmm. right? You, you you didn't take acting growing up. No, right? nothing. Exactly right. And then for you to be, you know, past thirty and then making a change to learn this new skill, yeah, to be an actor and then seeing how you're able to ease yourself into that, I think that gave me a lot of confidence. Oh, nice. I think it did, yeah. Because I'm like, you know what, like, you know, what, like this guy can just, you know, ease himself into. It. Like, there's no reason why I can't, you know, ease into his game, his world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. Yeah. I was telling you that you're at the right age to, you know, play this game too, right? Like, it's just, it's just literally starting for you. Yeah. yeah and even not, you're not even late to it. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a little weird. Um, I feel like kind of weird playing this game, but sometimes also a little. It almost comes a little naturally too. Comes naturally. It comes naturally, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, no. I think I did see it in you, but I had to. <laughs> but yeah, you bring kind it of out. brought it out. And that's <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. I have to oh, like yeah. rub that jimmy. Yeah, rub the jimmy. Rub the lamp. <laughs> to, bring, to bring you out. Give me the yeah. confidence. Uh, Give me that. Get the true purpose that you always deserve. That's the thing. Like two years ago, I was a very different person, right? And part of me, I'm I'm always stuck in 2019 mm. as this like pre-COVID world. Yeah. But like during COVID, the last two years, it's just like yeah. think about it. We're going into year three now. Year three. Yeah. Of COVID. Mm-hmm. And. I still feel like I'm stuck in like this matrix almost <laughs> where it's like I'm in this hyperbolic time chamber where time didn't change I'm yeah. still 24 years old yeah. but I was able to live through like two years of experience yeah uh, I think what's really sad is that when COVID COVID kicked in uh, a lot of people's lives became stagnant uh, just because like they were following like all these protocols like they were just like listening 100% to like what the government telling telling them that they should do 
uh, for me, I saw a lot of opportunity, right? Because it's like a reset to the world. Yeah. Yeah. There's like even like with the stock market, real estate, investment, crypto. It's like all new opportunities for people to like to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. And like even during like even for acting first, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sure like there were less applicants too, and then we just kind of came in at the right moment in time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like we all wish we bought GameStop. We all wish we went with Doge or Shiba. When it was over. right, yeah, like even when like all the stocks crash, or yeah. even when all these cryptos crash, it's just like it's very very opportunistic, right? Yeah. You just have to like you, people have to realize that these are moments that they can uh, capitalize on. Yeah. yeah, never waste the never let it go. Big crisis go to waste, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, fuck. You think COVID's gonna end, or? <laughs> uh, I think it's gonna probably stay with us for forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah. And this is how do we deal with it? Like, yeah. Do and we listening wear masks closely all the time? to the medical field, they say that like the virus itself will like eventually kill itself off, or yeah. it'll become weaker and weaker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll become sort of a flu, just like a seasonal flu. Yeah. 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 But you know. But you know what? I'm not. I'm not too worried about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think most people don't give a shit anymore about yeah. it. It's been, it's been two years. It's been a long time. Yeah, man. People's patience are wearing thin. I feel like. I feel like my patience is like wearing thin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, do you still wear a mask? Yeah, of course. When yeah. I go out, but yeah. like, I'm less. I'm much more or less concerned about like whether um, I should sanitize my hand everywhere I go. But I feel like the hands that like I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan and his doctor was on his podcast. Yeah, it was a really good episode, mm-hmm. and he said so. Jo- Joe was thinking like the whole thing is like a conspiracy to help the pharmaceutical company make a lot of money. I think in a way it is right. It yeah. is in a way like just like it's an opportunity for them to make yeah. money, like just what we talked about. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like, but then the doctor also said yes, that might be part of it. Might be, but cheers. He also said that. He feels, as a medical professional, he said COVID is a complete failure on the U.S. Uh, medical system. Mm-hmm. He said it was just pure incompetence from like the U.S. Uh, like health department. That's what he said. It's just is incompetent people dealing with a problem that they have no business dealing with, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I think because like, how do you have this many incompetent people in power? And, yeah. yeah. I think everything is always like true to uh, to a certain extent, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Even in Canada, there's a lot of like incompetent people dealing with these things. Oh yeah. And the way we approach it is differently than the way like Asia approaches it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Asia is just they're like they're like. I mean, Asia's way worse, right? It's a fucking hard lockdown. Yeah. But then people like and now they got quarantined for one whole month. Yeah. My friend, uh, their building in China, yeah. in Beijing. Yeah. Uh, one person got COVID yeah. in the entire building. They quarantine, have to, yeah. yeah, they have to go into quarantine. Yeah, and they have they can't even live in their building anymore. They have to go onto quarantine site and yeah. they have to like lock in, like lock down for a whole month. Yeah, yeah, not even two weeks, like a month. Yeah, yeah. but that's actually like if you think about like how. Yeah, I guess it's scary in some ways. Like, as a Western looking at it, it'd be like, it's kind of creepy. But, like, you think about the logistics of that. Like, just making that happen. Mm-hmm. 
to be able to like take a whole apartment complex of people and then ship them off at like short moments notice yeah. that's that's some like crazy logistical like accomplishment oh man they <laughs> can pull that it. shit off yeah they yeah. can do it in like a whole different game than do like it. i can understand why like the u.s fears china so much now yeah because china's able to do things that just like no one in the world to this date is able to do yeah like if you look at like i always thought it was uh, i always thought it was the olympics like in 2008 that made the u.s really scared of china but what i realized was actually remember the sichuan earthquake yeah. Uh, in 2008 in May yeah. I think that event uh, was a big historical turning point where the US was like fuck China is gonna overtake us oh really? because during that earthquake I think China was able to mobilize and deploy like tens of thousands of troops within like just a few hours <laughs> a few hours a few hours they would do it would probably like take like a month for, for the like US a, to do yeah or for Canada to do yeah, yeah. We, well, we only have 30,000 troops yeah. <laughs> remember when we had like this uh, the, the torrential rain and yeah. then it caused like all the these, flooding like, all the flooding all the all the highways to be like damaged yeah it took like literally almost two weeks for them to deploy troops properly to their designated sites yeah. which I thought that's way too long of a time that's a logistical nightmare yeah no. it's like it's kind of like we're just like killing ourselves off yeah yeah. it was like I don't know I just I feel like yeah speed is one thing I feel like it's it's very I don't know like I always I feel like it's cultural too like Asian cultures we just we have we just drink straight out of the bottle now you fucking <laughs> <Just> <laughs> you fucking <laughs> Yeah. Trying to get that last script. Yeah. You know what? This is actually pretty good quality wine. I really enjoyed the taste I like of the it. Suit, yeah. yeah, the more let airy, yeah. the the taste really comes out. Like the first the first uh, sip of this was actually like a little too strong for me. Oh yeah. But like after letting it air out a little bit, yeah. actually it's quite good. Mm. Like this. You think so? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I feel like this would go well with like it's sort of that medium body. It's not it's too, got a medium body. Yeah. yeah. It's not too crazy. Because I, I didn't want to pick something that's like so full body because of course we're not going to be drinking no, this man. with like steak yeah. or something. Maybe we'll go to a steakhouse one day and we'll yeah. do something a little bit more hey, fuller. Yeah, let's go to a steakhouse one day. We'll go to Lisa. <laughs> Lisa. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Lisa. Have you been there before? Expensive, man. Like two people yeah. or spending easily 250 bucks. 250, yeah. I took out, I took my brother and my sister-in-law there. Yeah. And then it, was, it came to 368. For three of you? Plus uh, tips. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah, for three of us. Yeah. Yo, I went drinking the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We're not gonna go into details, but I went drinking the other night. You told I me. Spent, oh. I spent like 500 bucks drinking. <laughs> hang drinking. on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Maybe I need to correct your game a bit on this. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you share your story first. I'm, I'm very interested to hear. No, but we just went out like drinking. Yeah. And it was, I was like, hey, oh, so you, yeah, because earlier you told me you went to a pretty nice like restaurant, like yeah. a French restaurant. It was a French place, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, what, what were you guys drinking? Uh, wine, whiskey, a lot of whiskey. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, yeah. whiskey is like, it's it really adds up. Yeah, like yeah. whiskey, I think was like two, like there was this really expensive one. I didn't look at the prices, but it was like, uh, for two shots, like it was like, yeah. it was like 60 something, right? Bro. Yeah. I was like, damn, it's really expensive. Bro, some of the wildest yeah. like stories I ever had yeah. was just like going to beer uh, breweries. Yeah. And then that was like no more than 50 bucks. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> live like you. 50 bucks drinking beer? 
<laughs> you folks drinking beer. I'm drinking and fucking then, $30 whiskeys, man. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I should go to, where, where do you go? Like Tap and Barrel? Where do you go? Oh, that's just like a bunch of like breweries outlined like North Van or East Van. Oh, okay, yeah. But I think like, Slon is like, you know, you're having fun and you're drinking anything. It doesn't really matter like, what you're drinking. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It should be honest. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Unless, unless yeah. that person has a certain preference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, I for me it's but, just I like the ambiance of it. I, yeah, I know you. I know yeah, you. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love just having like a glass of white. Yeah. And then having like two dozen oysters just to like <laughs> slurp. Yeah, I like doing that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to do in the summertime. We go watch a soccer game and we just have beer and oysters. Let's do that. Yeah. Beer and oysters, not the white caps because they suck. Oh. Who would you watch them? Uh, we probably go to a bar and watch on TV. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oyster bar or something like that. Oyster. Yeah, I love oysters. I fucking love it. I remember uh, when my friend was in town and then we did like a hundred oysters yeah. during happy hour. A hundred oysters? hundred oysters. How many of you were there? Two of us. <laughs> I really like oysters. Did they 50 each? Did, did you like, not get sick? Like, like food 50 poisoning? Or 60, 40 or 60 each. Somewhere <laughs> in, that range, in that range. Did you not get like sick? I didn't get sick at all. Really? Yeah. How, how much was that for hundred oysters? So uh, it came to like 150 bucks. Really? Yeah, during happy hour. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, for not bad. Not bad at all. I went to like Joe Forte's to eat oysters. It was yeah. expensive. No, we were at Joe Forte's. Really? Yeah. Happy hour, how much like? It was like 150 or two bucks. Dude, one, Joe Forte, one oyster was like $4. No, for happy hour. Happy hour was like 150 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, if I did it at the regular price, like 50 oysters, that'd be like yeah. 200 bucks. No, so back to that story again, like you went out, you had some fun. Yeah. And you spent five hundred bucks on drinks. Yeah, dude, I never done food, that food and drinks, food and drinks. Oh, for food, food and drinks, yeah. Oh, shit, like we, never, we had like we had like uh, whiskeys, wine, ciders. We yeah. had like um, a couple, a lot of appies. We had like foie gras. We had some like what's foie gras? Foie gras is ogan. Ogan, oh, ogan, yeah. yeah. Uh, goose liver. Goose liver. Is that, is that what it is? Ogan, good. yeah, yeah. It's really good. And then we had like oysters. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, yeah, but it was fun. It's fun. Nice. I don't mind. I think uh, yeah. we have to continue the fun for a bit longer rather than just like a few occasions, you know what I mean? Continue the fun a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I'm always having fun. It's just not on Instagram. With this, with this, this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how, how life takes us. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh. You had a, oh, so I ate at my restaurant. Uh, my restaurant, by the way, is like a piece of shit. Do but, people know where you, where you uh, work? Uh, I don't know, maybe I'll keep it private. Yeah. Cause maybe I won't like share it publicly mm-hmm. uh, until I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my restaurant is a piece of shit and it's so expensive and I had the food there and it was just, I remember I had the food once like last summer before I worked at the restaurant. Yeah. And I knew it was a piece of shit then. And I started working at a restaurant because the tips are good, because the menu is expensive, right? Yeah. Uh, we charge like 80 bucks a person. 80 bucks per person, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot. Yeah. Two people are spending 160 plus tips, right? It's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 That's a lot. Yeah. They're giving me like $20 plus of tips, right? 24 yeah. bucks of tips or more. Has someone like ever tip you like super generously? Yeah. Uh, I had. Uh, you know what? Oh, yeah. So you know what's the funny story? Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I have a friend who went to like Whistler yeah. uh, a couple of days ago. 
And you know how, like, to go up, like, the mountain, you have to take the gondola, right? Yeah. And then this random stranger actually paid my friend 100 bucks so that they would not share the same gondola as them. Oh. Like, I guess, like, for COVID reasons, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. He gave him 100 bucks just to do that. 100 bucks just to do that. That's so awesome. Yeah. This stranger is, like, really rich and really sick. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably really, really rich. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll take the hundred bucks on that thing, mom. So, what's the most like generous like tip you ever received? Uh, so, I had a customer. He tipped. Uh, he, he tipped. I think he tipped like eighteen or twenty percent, the standard. Okay. But then he gave me another one hundred and sixty dollars in cash. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just personally, for me. right? Just for me, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how does tipping even tipping even work? I like say I went to a restaurant yeah. and I tip like 20%. Yeah. How does that, does that get dispersed to you? Everyone's different. Every restaurant's different. So okay. some restaurants, it depends. Typically, like some, let's say typically. There's no typical actually. Okay. Yeah, there's some restaurants where like, even my restaurant's sort of a gray area. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how much a restaurant keeps to be honest. I just know that my hourly tips, I make about like around $10 an hour in tips. Which is actually pretty good for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know there's restaurants like a lot. Sometimes you only make like I think Earl's you make like extra like dollar or two an hour mm. tip. That's it, right? There's some restaurants you make like four or five. Usually it's around like five. That's yeah. the most. So for me, like ten dollars an hour is pretty good, and it's an even split between everyone based on how many hours you work, right? Mm. And which days you work. But there's some restaurants where I know a friend of mine. She's actually going to manage this new restaurant that's opening, um, whereas the owner actually keeps most of the tips. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of restaurants that are like that, where it's like the tips are actually going towards the owner most of the time, and the oh, really? employees are actually not getting a lot at all. Like just a small percentage? Very small. It's yeah. kind of bullshit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there's a new place uh, called Sushi Kiwami. It opened in Richmond. It's an omakase restaurant. Uh, omakase. Yeah, Sushi Kiwami. Um, apparently, it's a really dirty business. I see a lot of... Uh, oh, wait, is that, like, is that the one that your friends going to work at? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a sushi kawami it's, it's by Bridgeport uh, apparently this is what I heard from my friend because like the, the Japanese uh, restaurant community is very small right everybody yeah. knows each other uh, their employees are not getting paid on time uh, they're owed a lot of tips uh, the tips are mostly kept by the owners and very little of it is given to the employees right and then per person at that restaurant the charge for Makasi is like $300 plus that's like that's too much for omakase. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, and omakase, a, good one, a good one should typically cost like a person one twenty to one fifty. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like I ate at Matsuyoshi twice. It's one hundred sixty a person. Mm-hmm. All right, and Matsuyoshi is a good omakase. Yes, yeah. right. Um, but sushi kawami. That's why I heard it's it's pretty it's pretty dirty. Yeah, yeah. And a chef is a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> 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 uh, he hits on like young girls. <laughs> I bet like. Yeah, I think in the restaurant business, that's like a common practice, it isn't is, it? Man. Especially like, it I, you know, I learned it so is, much right? about, I learned so much about Japanese uh, sushi chefs this year. Yeah, they're just perverts. There's a lot of fucking Japanese yeah. sushi chef perverts. And like any yeah. waiters like who wants to work there, they, they probably can get me too, right? Yeah, probably. Like yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of creepy motherfuckers. Well, as my friend told me, she said like, in J- Japan's a very like, she was telling me that in Japan, it's a very, like, strict society. People really, you know, have to behave and be, you know, act really, like, polite and kind. Mm-hmm. 
But she says after they come to Vancouver, they just like shed off their skin and they just be fucking assholes like mm-hmm. the way they are. <laughs> I was like, that's quite interesting. Yeah. It's very like, I, I heard so many horror stories about like Japanese sushi chefs <laughs> this past year. <laughs> what's, that, what's like the most like obscene you've heard? Uh, obscene I heard. Yeah. Uh, I heard. First one that comes to mind. Okay. Though, uh, He's uh, throwing stuff at his kitchen staff. <laughs> yeah. Is he at least throwing, throwing like raw food. tuna? No, throwing food. Like really? he throws food at people. Okay. Yeah. That one I heard. Right, I, but for, for what reason though? Uh, just because he, he, he's mad, right? He's mad about something. Like yeah. he's, he's like mood swings or something like that. Like he's mad. Something wasn't done to his liking properly. Mm-hmm. And he starts throwing stuff. He throws mm-hmm. a tantrum, right? Uh, or the one we have where it's like uh, uh, the guy, you know, hitting on uh, his servers, uh, asking to take him out. <laughs> uh, it's also, you know, I guess, I mean, it's not illegal, but it's just it's just creepy, right? Yeah. Especially like you're like a freaking 40, 50 year old like sushi chef. You're asking on like teenage girls. Really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's creepy. It's weird. It's, and there's, I heard a lot of these stories. After working in the restaurant industry, like do the do the do the girls actually go out with them? Uh, mostly no. Mostly, but no, there are right? fucked up ones, yeah, too. Yeah, daddy issues, you know. Yeah, daddy issues. Yeah, but there's uh, it's just it's I don't know. It's it just makes me look at there's a lot of great Japanese restaurants in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> but now this guy fuck. It's kind of weird. It's part of the culture, right? Japanese culture. What like that weird kinky ass like? Uh, I don't know, man. I just. Uh, uh, Japan's interesting because Japan they're like I was having this conversation with a friend right like mm-hmm. how do you go like think about World War II in Japan right mm-hmm. so aggressive just slaughter like half of Asia yeah right how do you go from a society that is like super hyper warfare aggression ruthlessness uh, to some of the most polite people within like you know a couple of decades mm-hmm. Hey, but that? was there was there a culture like that to begin with, like before World War II? Mm, yeah, okay. maybe I don't know, maybe to some mm-hmm. extent. But it's just like, how do you like, how do you just switch that off? Yeah, because like, yeah. if you look at Chinese people, like we're we're some of the it's most very, consistent motherfuckers. Yeah, we're very Chinese consistent. people are because five thousand years. Yeah, we have now, been the most consistent, consistent people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes, you know, sometimes we're rude and vulgar, but we'll be <laughs> consistent about it. And we're also really nice people. Yeah. We're also really fair people. Yeah. Yeah. We also can be selfish, greedy, kind, compassionate, mm-hmm. uh, pricks, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, philanthropists. Uh, we'll, we'll be givers, we'll be takers. <laughs> yeah. We'll be good guys. That. Like, we're fucking pretty consistent, like James yeah. by fine, right? Like, we're very real. Like, we, we, uh, we wear our our uh, emotions out in the open like we let people know who we are right yeah but then like it's really interesting like i was having this conversation with a japanese friend it's like how how do like japan sort of go into this like everyone's like super polite like i think that's why westerners like japan so much because they think japan is a society that's like everyone's like super like polite and reserved which they are they are very reserved but then like when they come to Canada, <laughs> they turn into like fucking weirdos. Yeah. No, no we're just, they're, they're just able to express able themselves. They're to let out like their true selves. Yeah, it's yeah. true, yeah. It's kind of scary. Like, even for like women too, right? Huh? Even for women. Yeah, right? I think for both. Yeah, men and women. <laughs> yeah. I really think so. 
Um, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting how how cultures work. I don't know. It fascinates me. I, I really want to visit Japan a lot. I've been to the airport too many times. Never been in a country though. No, same here. Yeah. Yeah. You ever been to Japan? Uh, I was supposed to until like uh, COVID? I booked my I booked my ticket and then COVID hit, so I had to cancel it. Shit, were you gonna go for the Olympics? Uh, no, that was back in twenty twenty. Oh yeah. So no, that was before the Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go too, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many travel plans have been canceled. I kept saying like next year, next year, but you know, I don't know. Right now, I kind of just want to focus on acting. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the one thing that's keeping me grounded in Vancouver and wanting to stay here. Yeah. Because uh, if it's not for acting, I would like. You know, I'll I gotta. Be sad. I'll be sad if you ever left. <laughs> no, obviously, you didn't know me from before. I was always leaving. <laughs> You're always leaving? Uh, Where were you going to? I was just anywhere I could. Like anywhere I could. Traveling, right? Yeah. Traveling wise. Uh, I went to US a lot, Asia. Why, why US? Uh, it's just traveling. Traveling? Yeah. Oh, so you like travel? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I like seeing different cities, like possibility of living at different places. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I got I got a job offer actually, uh, from a, a client of mine to be an art curator. What's an art curator? Art curator. So he, um, so this client of mine, he's actually a very, um, he's also a, like a subject matter expert. He's been in the art business for thirty plus years. Oh, cool. And he used to curate art and collect art for the former wealthiest man in China. Oh. So the CEO and chairman of Wanda Group, oh, uh, Wang Zhenlin. Wow. wow. You heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. So he used to be his art curator. And then uh, he's now in Vancouver. He lives in Vancouver now. And he's uh, friends with my old boss. Mm -hmm. So he always, always come for coffee and then we chat. So I known him for about like a good like six months, a year now. And then he reached out to me uh, probably around a month ago. And then he said that he actually wants to start this art business because he knows all the people from Sotheby's and Christie's, all the big auction houses. And essentially what he wants to do, he wants to put together a team. We would go scour art from like these like younger, not as well-known artists and purchase art very inexpensively for maybe less than a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. And then be able to flip that on the market five, 10 years later for millions. Does it, does it take luck or does it... It takes... Uh, he says it's actually not too difficult. You just have to learn the game of what stuff sells. Yeah. Because the marketing and the actual selling itself, he'll leave it to Sotheby's and Christie's yeah. or to uh, Jado from China. <laughs> right? Jado is huge in China. So how, long, how many years does it take to do that? Uh, around like to flip a piece of good art, about five years. Five years? Yeah. You know, to flip a good piece of NFT, it yeah. takes like a month. Yeah, so you fucking flip it now. So you should tell that guy to go into the digital business. Yeah, you know, that's actually yeah. really interesting because when I was having a conversation, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I was wondering, because this guy goes to Art Basel in Miami every year. Yeah. Art Basel is like a big show and NFT made a huge splash this year at Art Basel, right? It was in Miami. Miami, yeah, Miami. yeah, yeah. Art Basel is huge. Yeah, right? A lot of people that I work closely with, uh, they went to like some really big events in Miami Yeah, that's Art, NFT. Art Basel. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it was. In December, right? Yeah, yeah. For the stuff that I do, they it's not... Art Basel, but it's like something else. Something else? Yeah, yeah. But I know Art Basel did have a big feature yeah. on NFT this but year. I, I was wondering why, like, why host it in Miami? Is there a reason to it? Uh, I think it's just the, it's December and the weather's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, go off, like, parties there and, yeah. you know, people can have fun. There are, yeah, it is, it is a fun town. Yeah. It is a fun, fun town. 
I want to. I still have it. So you Miami. know what? Oh, you know what's so funny? I fucking feel like funny? if we ever went to Miami together, oh. we would have a good time. Yo, I'll tell you a funny freaking story. So I have a, this old client of mine. Like he's this this couple. They're accountants. They're hilarious, and they travel all the time. Yeah. So they went to Miami, yeah. and then like she, the wife, texts me while she's in Miami. She's like, "Hey, Harry," I was like, "What's up?" I was like, do you need something? Like, do you need clothes or something, right? Because I figured they want to buy some shit when they text me. They're like, hey, uh, are you seeing anyone right now? I was like, no. <laughs> and then she sends me this picture of this, like, Latina girl. <laughs> and she's like, we just met this girl in Miami. And then we actually talked. We're talking to her. And then we showed her a photo of you. And she really likes you. <laughs> this is her number. <laughs> Give her a call. Maybe fly down to Miami for a weekend and then meet up with her. And I was like, are you fucking serious? It, what, is she, is it was, she pretty? It was, she, she, she sounds like she's pretty. She was quite busty. Busty? She was quite busty, yeah. Like in a good way? Yeah. Like, she, she was very curvy girl. Oh, is she Asian? No, she's Latina. Oh, oh, she's Hispanic, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Right? And then, like, I was just like, and then they flew back the week after, right? And then they saw me in person. They're like, seriously, call that girl. <laughs> like, go fly to Miami. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And they were very serious, right? Yeah, they were very serious because they actually like showed them my photo and then got me their number. I you was should have like, like FaceTime her. I know, but I was so young then. I was like 21. Oh, you're 20, 21. 21 or 22. I was really young. So you were really young, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was like, I didn't have the confidence. And now I probably would. Now I'd take a flight down to Miami. But so like, honestly right. speaking, your confidence has like hyper boosted this year? Uh, last couple of years. Last couple Just of years. Just the things I was able to do, right? Like uh, living abroad for like a good part of the year. Mm-hmm. That was a big part. Traveling by myself was and a big acting part. also. Right? Acting was a big yeah. part. Uh, just you know, like talking to me also. <laughs> talking to you also, man. Like learning from you, Howard. Learning from you. It's it's uh, it's all these things, you know. So you think like why I tell you actually works? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You should nice. you should like teach like an online course. Oh, like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Howard Sin picking up girls one on one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like those pickup artists, whether they actually have a game in real life or not, or whether it's just a facade. I think they do. They do. I think they do because I think for them it's just confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for them I think it just comes really naturally, and then mm-hmm. they're. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like yes, there's techniques and tactics that you can learn, but I think it's just being comfortable in your own skin. I think that's the hardest thing for so many people right. is being comfortable being No, themselves. I think that's so true because that actually applies to acting yeah. most importantly. Like forget the tactics and techniques like being comfortable in your own skin. Uh-huh. That's how you have a strong performance, right? Yeah. Like get rid of the self-consciousness. Of course. Yeah. It's, Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. It's like because when you're like you're comfortable with yourself and who you are and the character you're taking on you just you let loose a lot more. Yeah. Like I noticed that with my tapes is whenever I'm super stiff and super <laughs> not like I just I see it in the tape right yeah, yeah. and if I see it casting's gonna see it yeah and that's not gonna make it onto the next round mm. for producers in LA not mm. a chance right so absolutely a hundred percent yeah oh well, well, what do you have planned for next year next year yeah uh, oh you know what so I last month. Or was it this month? Yeah, so this month I bought a new motorcycle. Oh, shit. Yeah. What kind? Because uh, you're not as active on IG now, so you yeah. didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, I got a Ducati. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty, like, high-end premium race bike. Yeah. Uh, so something I really want to do next year is to take, uh, 
track track riding lessons, so I can like learn sports riding and all that stuff. That's you want to race? I, yeah, I want to race. Uh-huh. That's like something I really want to get into. Because I feel like if I don't acquire those skills, it's like I'm putting a good bike to waste. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man, you're not coming back to acting anytime soon. Eh? You're gonna fucking go learn <laughs> track riding. <laughs> no, that will that will that will nearly take out as much time for sure. When compared to acting or like what I'm doing now, maybe, maybe you'll 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 that'll be a skill that comes in handy when you cast a role for for a motorbike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when I was like applying to agencies, and my yeah. agent was like, "Oh, you know, all these skills are actually like helpful to have on your resume." Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's weird. Like uh, my whole life, I've been like a well-rounded person, and then, like people tell me that's like a great weakness. Oh really? Yeah, but then like in acting, being well-rounded is like the most important thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like I kind of found like. I just want to show you a picture of my bike. Let's see. Yeah. I feel like in acting, I found useful to be well-rounded. You think so? Yeah. What, why is that? Uh, because you you gotta be good at everything to be an actor. You gotta know a little bit of everything. Yeah. Let's see. Give me your first thing that comes to mind, first impression. Oh, it looks like a like Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? I sound like a pussy. You saw a pussy? Yeah. From the motorbike. Can we compare a guy to Sailor Moon? Like the bike? Yeah, the bike. Like I, I, I saw like Sailor Moon. Like, Sailor Moon. Yeah, from the first bike. Like I, Sailor Moon. I guess I don't know. I guess that's kind of close. <laughs> It's a cool bike though, right? It is a cool bike. How much? How much? Oh. Uh, 18K. Holy shit. Oh, 18K? Yeah. 18K. I thought you said 80K. Holy <laughs> shit. 18K. 18K. It's still expensive bike. Yeah. Damn. For a bike, that's pretty like, the price is up there for a bike. Yeah. yeah. I want to get like a road bike. Road bike? It's like four grand. <laughs> you can get like, you can get pretty nice like entry level sports bike for that price. You get like a used road bike for like a thousand maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I always I always liked road cycling. Yeah. I, I was always a good cyclist. Right. Oh like oh yeah like a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's one like the, if I could go pro in one sport, yeah. It would be road have you, cycling. Have you cycled a lot before? I used to yo, I kitchen when I was growing up I cycled about four hours a day. Really? Four hours a day. Wow. Easily. In yeah. Richmond? Yeah. We play cops and robbers on bikes. <laughs> so we're always like, like I get really good dodging cars on the road. Oh, wow. Because we're going against traffic sometimes. Oh, you're actually like riding out. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. We get really good at it. And there's like a group of us. And then like, I was never the best, but I always like third, like second or third yeah. in that pack. Um, I just have I have a great sense when I'm on the bike because I fell so much and I wiped out so much. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest scars I have in my life is on my face. You can't even see it now. Yeah, it's kind of gone now. Okay. But this was the biggest scar I had ever. Well, I yeah. wiped out my bike when I was eight years old. Right. That was a that was before the first day of class at my new school, and I wiped out on the backyard of the school. And then the vice principal, who didn't even know me at the time, carried me in, and that vice principal forever remembered me. <laughs> Because I was a kid that was starting class the next day, but I wiped out the day before. <laughs> it's funny because I went to trick or treat at his house. Yeah. Uh, like this was years later. Like I was like graduating elementary school. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I just I went to like this random neighborhood to trick or treat, and then he opens the door. I was like, Mr. Harrington, <laughs> and then I was wearing like a mask at the time too. Uh-huh. And through the mask, he said 
Harry? <laughs> I was like, you recognize me through the mask? He's like, yeah, I always recognize you. <laughs> it was, it was the great. I remember that guy, like Sean Harrington. He was, he was a great, a great teacher. He really was a great dude. Just a great dude. Was, yeah. yeah I, I, I look back at sometimes like in my younger days, like I had a lot of really good teachers. Sweet. Just a lot of like, you know, nice people. Yeah, nice people. yeah a lot of common sense, like head on their shoulders, like really good, um, knowledgeable people. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, next, uh, uh, yeah, next year, yeah. Um, you know what, if I had a chance to get back to acting, I would do that. What do you mean a chance? You always have a chance. I mean, I think I anticipate next year with my work to be like super busy as well. Yeah. It's going to be a crazy year for sure. Of course. Yeah. Startups. Yeah. Well, so yeah, working at a startup is yeah. like super crazy. It's going to be a unicorn startup. You guys already are a unicorn. We are a unicorn. Yeah. Like how many like top celebrities have invested? How many like top athletes have invested? How many VC firms have like shouted you guys out? It's like I think a lot. It's yeah. insane. You yeah. guys are literally like I wish I could. We could talk about it. We can't talk about your work, but it's like yeah, yeah you you're in a very lucrative company. It's like Facebook 2003. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's Brilliant. like probably Facebook 2020, 2021. Huh? Sort of thing, like a like modern day Facebook. Yeah, this yeah. is like a new Facebook yeah. venture. I yeah. feel like it's very promising. Yeah. yeah. Stick with it. Hopefully it will far. We'll I see. think so. Yeah. I think I mean, so. Yeah. Tech world, anything can change like any minute. That's true. Yeah. Start World War Three tomorrow and then fucking Start World War III. Nobody gives a shit about NFTs anymore. <laughs> So yeah, what's what's your take on NFTs? Like, uh, I don't understand it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't. I I get it. Um, yeah. I think you know what a lot of people that are jumping on the web bandwagon, yeah. or just like throwing like NFT by the name out there, they don't quite understand as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're like that. The true technical aspects of it, and what it brings like five, ten, twenty years, or yeah, twenty years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I I because the thing is like I. I can learn to sell anything, right? I think mm-hmm. that aspect I'm comfortable with, but I think it's the aspect of like, what is the long-term uh, benef- benefits of NFT? Is everything going to be sort of like the matrix where everything is like just digitally logged? Part of it will be the matrix. Yeah. We are definitely going to the matrix at, one, at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That will become a norm. Like yeah. the metaverse, right? The metaverse, yeah, right. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the metaverse is also the thing that's really interesting because but, I... Like, what are you saying? Yeah. No, go ahead. I would love to design like homes for the metaverse. <laughs> design outfits for the metaverse. Yeah. I would sell digital outfits. That's our, That's yeah. already a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I like I would love to do that shit. But it's just, yeah. I don't know, like is, is our world that boring that think, people I need to like make like a metaverse? Do is, like, I think in some aspects there's always going to be some reality attached to um, the fantasy mm-hmm. or the digital world so what what could be possible is that down the road they will open like a physical shop for customers to come in and buy digital assets so you can that's buy when, physical that's and when, digital asset yeah and that's when you can be like a like a play a sales role yeah. for for presenting presenting that digital asset in the store to that person. I um, I would love to sell like digital real estate in metaverse. Yeah, bit digital real estate. I think that could be super lucrative. Yeah, yeah. 
there's like there's already like digital real estate that's going for like a few millions yeah, yeah. for what like what are they buying I'm not, I'm not sure I just heard oh. I don't know it's too it's, it's too heavy like all the things I have to worry about and have to worry about a, a metaverse oh. do you think so yeah huh you really think that it's, it's it's really heavy it is heavy it is heavy it's a lot it's a lot for the average person to think about you know, especially like you have other other shit to do, other priorities, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I think, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna go that way. You know. I see what you're saying, but like for me to be like fully vested into like this whole like industry, yeah, that's all I think about. So there's like not much else I have to think about outside of this realm. Yeah. Today, if I was like working in like another industry and then having to like think about like NFT matters, it's really really hard for the average person who's like already in the day with like everything else in their life yeah. to really truly wrap their heads around like these like foreign tech concepts. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to buy an NFT right now. I need like a I need go a on, wallet. Go on a website, click on a few buttons, and and then that's it. That's it. Own it. Yeah. And I sell it, make some money. There are like some like crazy project drops where they sell like a drop, yeah. like an NFT for like 200 bucks. Yeah. And then a month later, you can like flip it for a few thousand dollars, not if not like hundreds of thousand dollars. Oh shit. It's very, it's like a very common thing for nowadays. Wait, are you tired? Yeah, dude, fucking the wine's making me sleepy, man. Are you tired? <laughs> It's okay. Are you okay? Are we you gonna be going. okay? Dude, we're only an hour 45 in, man. We yeah. keep going. I'm still pretty awake, man. Yeah, I'm super awake. Yeah. I need some water, though. Let me get some, some water. Let's get some water. Can you pause this thing? No, let's let it keep going. Okay. Let's get some water. What What happens if you pause it? Can you actually pause it? I don't know. I don't want, I don't, because this is a new software. I don't want to fuck with it. Okay. Because I'm afraid something's going to go wrong. Is there like a pause button? button? No, it's only a stop button. There's only a stop button? No, no pause button. Right. You're gonna have to listen to me drink water. How often do you, uh, how, what's your longest podcast? Uh, almost two and a half hours, I think. Two and a half hours? Yeah. Are we gonna, are we gonna be that right? I think so, yeah. Fucking, we're so? hour 45. Hour 45. We can go three, to be honest. We can go three? Yeah, I'll kick you out by midnight. I think, like, <laughs> I think another hour. Is, is this gonna be like a short longer podcast? Probably, yeah. Like Joe Rogan, like like, I, I love Joe Rogan podcasts because sometimes you just talk about the most random shit, and it's just on there. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, I'm just like taking no. a slight break right now. Take a break. Take a break. Yeah. We'll take a rest. We'll take. Maybe I'll cut a bit of this podcast and then we'll come back. I'll come back in. Cool. And just say like, what the thoughts are up to tonight? The thoughts. <laughs> What's the thoughts? Like. Thoughts. Thoughts. You know what that stands for? No. You know what? You don't no. know what that stands for? No. What does thoughts stand for? Now I know what thought stands for. You heard of it before, right? No, never. You're the first one. See, you're always teaching me new stuff. No, no, that's like a very like oh. uh, millennial thing. Millennial? Like or yeah, or whatever gen, gen whatever. Like you're, you're gen. Z? Yeah, you're a gen. 
Ah, it's a very it's a very Yorkshire thing. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't keep. This is why I'm not on the I'm not on the social platforms anymore. This is like what from, this is from like five or six years ago. This term. I don't. I don't. I don't keep track of this. It's like. <laughs> Much wine. <laughs> Too much wine? No, I think this is okay. Are you okay? Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, have some water. Yeah. Put the wine away. <laughs> so, next year, what are the big plans? I gotta get a role. Get a role? Yeah. Well, what, what's your ideal role? TV show. Just whatever TV show. Yeah. What if, you're, what if your first role is in a movie? Yeah, that's great. That's great, right? Great. Yeah. Would you, would you. Would you still have like anxiety going to going on set, oh, like an actual real set? Of yeah. course. But after like you think you think like after thirty after thirty six auditions in one year, yeah. that probably will help to come some of your nerves, right? Yeah, for auditions definitely. For like auditions. I'm a lot more confident going to audition now. Yeah. 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 Because uh, I think Do you think like, that will carry over to a real set though? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. Because Never on a real know. set, like uh, like this is also one point of, like not just about with movies but just about life too I kind of realized that like nobody really gives a shit about you <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> because think... everybody's kind of busy doing their own thing yeah, yeah. you know the lighting guy's gotta light it properly the, the camera guy's gonna make sure the <laughs> is right the director's gotta make sure like the whole story everybody has out. a everybody yeah. has their own job to do yeah, properly you as an actor you yeah. just gotta do your job properly yeah cause no one's gonna do your job better than you yeah right yeah don't do it. Does, does, is it only Simon that says that, or do add other teachers say that too? What do you mean, like? Like I mean, that's something that Simon always kind of preached. Yeah, he does preach that. Yeah, yeah. Like, do other instructors keep, uh, preach that too? Um, I don't know. I don't think it really ever came up. Yeah. You know, I think that that's what makes Simon so like so good in a way because he really appreciates like all of the really really practical stuff that you can like put to use right away you want to tell people who Simon is? so yeah <laughs> Simon is our uh, Vada's uh, acting instructor he's our first acting teacher yeah, yeah. And, and uh he got blacklisted from the industry <laughs> is that proper to say? Like yeah that? I think so yeah well I think he he kind of did he got blacklisted from the industry did? Yeah, because he punched the director in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah, but I think that one thing he's done, uh, it's it's carried with him right to this day. I think this is to this day why the reason he's not getting seen by casting, because he's a great actor. He's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting opportunities. He's a fucking awesome teacher, though. Like, he is an awesome teacher. Yeah, I think he so. knows how to tell really really good jokes. Yeah, he's uh. He, he's kind of misogynistic in some ways mm-hmm. um, he's a little bit old school definitely maybe not culturally appropriate for the times uh, I think he's like perfect for this time <laughs> it's perfect. Like, that's what people need at this time it's true he's so fucking soft now he's like a Joe Rogan kind of <laughs> 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 but he's a nice guy he's actually yeah. a really nice guy I don't know I don't know he's uh, it's complicated yeah Obviously, like Al Al Miro would think Simon's a fucking idiot. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, of course. Man. Why? They don't get along. They go butt to butt, right? Yeah, they they, yeah. they fight. Yeah, head to head. They fight. Yeah. Uh, but Al's also a really 
Al's a great teacher, a great actor. I learned a lot from Al this year. I think that's one of the... I'd highly advise you if you can take his class. No. I'm probably not skilled enough to get into his class. No, you don't have to be that skill. You don't have to be. Like, he takes any... Like, people just refer other actors in. Can you go on the seltzer now? What's that? You yeah. finished the wine. Because uh, we're done with the wine, so yeah. there's nothing else to drink except for the seltzer. Holy shit. I don't know, man. I think for me, alcohol actually energizes me no matter what I drink. It energizes you? It energizes me. Really? Yeah. Alcohol puts me to sleep. It does? It does. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's not enough at all. Yeah. I drink wine, I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, that night? Wait, where you have, like, wait, wait, when you spend like 500 bucks? Yeah. You have wine too, right? Yeah, I just went to bed. <laughs> just drink a lot and you go to bed that's it yeah that's it. there's nothing it's nothing else oh Yo, can you are you able to pause this for like a washroom break no just go wash them. well I'll just cut this out yeah you can go pee alright <laughs> let me film the water I'm gonna come back more than Chad sounds good <laughs> Yo. Good question. Yeah. So these are the pants I bought today. Are they? They're not too short, right? No, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Right? Okay. Especially because they're slim pants, so you want to wear it over shorts. Don't wear it too too long. Okay. It's good. To, I like the color too. Oh, thanks. It's nice and dark. Very fitting for winter time. By the way, you ever need a suit? I will make you a suit. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well. So what's what's the difference between like going to like. Hugo Boss at the outlet. Hugo Boss is a piece of shit. Oh really? It's a piece of shit. Why is that? I wipe my ass with Hugo Boss. Oh really? Why is that? <laughs> it's just it's no, not. You gotta educate me. You gotta educate. It's um, their their material, their wool is not that great. Okay. They don't use real horsehair canvas. They just glue their suits together. Mm -hmm. So like their outside layer, inside layer, it's glued together. So it's overall, terrible. Hugo Boss like has like a retail brand. It's yeah. a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like even for like their their casual product. It's a scam. Oh really? Like the price that you're spending a Hugo Boss, how much is a Hugo Boss suit? Tell me. A Hugo Boss suit, like 600 bucks? Mm, no more. At, at the outlet. Outlet, okay. Yeah, like 700 bucks. Okay, so 700 bucks, so, right. So for $750, mm -hmm. $50 more, you can get a, a suit done from Monroe. Mm -hmm. It's a it's an Amsterdam brand and it's a made to measure garment. So it's custom made for you. And they do it at this factory in China that is so, it's probably the most advanced textile factory in the world right now. Mm -hmm. It's all machinery, all, like uh, all machinery done. Sorry, I'm so drunk, I can't even say it properly. Okay. It's all done by machine, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this factory is able to do it so precise that the margin for error is about half a centimeter. It's super precise. Yeah. What's the usual margin of error for suits? More than that. Oh really? Half yeah. a centimeter is like the legal. So this is that Tom Brown? Yeah. Oh really? No, this is this is Monroe. Monroe. I'm talking about yeah. Tom Brown be the same. Okay. Yeah. So. Because Tom Brown's made by Zenia. Do you where do I get Monroe products? Harry Rosen. Harry Rosen. Yeah. Oh, but then if I get it from you, I can get the Monroe stuff. Right? No. Yeah. Just go to Harry Rosen. Yeah. Oh shit! For like seven hundred fifty bucks, or under a thousand dollars, you're getting a really well fitted suit. Yeah, that's like a canvas garment. That's high quality wool. You're using for. But like if I come to you, uh, what can you get me? Tom Brown. Tom Brown. I work for Tom Brown. Yeah, yeah. It's still pretty good. It's amazing. 
for uh, like a really, really good suit, how much would it cost me? Tom Brown suit starts at $5,250. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, my old, my old, uh, my old workplace, Stefano, I worked with Stefano Ricci and then we would start at 13000 Yeah. So Tom Brown's a bargain. It's a <laughs> fucking bargain. Do people actually buy suits for that much? Yeah, I just sold one the other day. Yeah. Normal. 5000 suit? Easily. Normal price. Really? Yeah. Chinese buyer? Uh, yeah, Chinese, Koreans, everybody buys Tom Brown. Yeah. Tom Brown is huge in China, Korean, Japan. So there's no suits that I can get for like under 1K? At Tom Brown? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So go to Harrow's. Harrow's, yeah. Okay. Just go to Harrow's and get a Monroe made for under $1,000. It's, it's better than going to like Hugo of Boss. Of course. Hugo Boss is like the... Hugo Boss is the brand high school kids like think it's cool. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit. Don't be the boss. Okay. Don't be that tool. Okay, yeah. I'm a fucking tool then. Yeah, don't be a fucking tool. I'm a, I'm a fucking tool. Yeah. I gotta step up now. No, it's 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 like the garment doesn't flatter anyone's body. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Monroe. Yeah. Monroe. Now you do. Monroe Amsterdam. If you know, you know, right? You know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you spend too much time in this industry, you'll know. Okay. Should have told me this earlier. Fuck. Oh, and you have any clothing question? You can ask me because I can tell you the best value for money. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. Because a lot of it's the same. A lot of it's the same. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it just depends on your style too. Like if you're a little older, I would say maybe go to Canali, right? Or something. What's like Canali? Canali is like an Italian brand. They their suit starts like at two thousand something. Okay. Uh, it's a really well-made garment, but just their whole brand and whole expression. Their whole identity is very middle-aged, man. I feel like for two grand, I can buy like a full Morris like a suit that's made with like real cowhide leather. Yeah, but like you're using that to ride bikes, right? It's not yeah. going to parties and stuff. <laughs> what are you wearing a suit for? You're gonna go to parties? You're gonna meet but I feel like the the value for like a, yeah. a real leather yeah. should be worth more than this suit. Uh, depends it's on like the material the, of the suit. Okay. It's a nice wool suit, mm-hmm. handmade details. The fit is really right because the suit is like think about it, the suit's got like a piece of armor on it, man. Mm. It's supposed to show off all the best features on a guy. Oh really? Right. What if you're a fat guy? We can still make it work. <laughs> Not everyone's got a god-given body like yours, right? So I don't have a god-given body. So it's we can make it everywhere. Like most, like a lot of clients that can afford the suits, they're kind of they're kind of on the heavier side too, mm-hmm. right? We just we make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can fit him. I can fit pretty much any body shape. So, go to Monroe. Nice. Yes, Very cool. Let me reply to this text message from my colleague. He asked me if we still have this uh, double zero. Do your thing. Hey, Kai, sorry, uh, we don't have the double zero anymore. I shipped it back to New York uh, last week. But if you need it, we can request it back from them as well. There, cool. All right, let's continue. What were we talking about? I'm looking at like a super, super cool picture right now, posted yeah. by Joe Rogan. It's like a parasite that overtook a vicious ton. You want to see it? No. No? <laughs> Sounds kind of gross. I'm going to show it to you anyway. Oh, this is that yeah, cool? It's so gross. I stopped following Joe Rogan on Instagram because he just posts weird shit. You, you still listen to his podcast? I though? do, yeah. I, I'm so, it depends on the guest. Depends on the guest. Depends on the guest? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Any New Year's resolutions? Uh, for a guy like me, yeah. I don't need New Year's resolutions because no. I come up with like goals on the spot throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. That you just want to hit? That I just want to hit, yeah. I feel like fucking New Year's resolutions, honestly, it's for, for betas. <laughs> for betas? You're an alpha? <laughs> no, it's just like, I feel like People come up with New Year's resolutions and never follow through, and usually like falls through their plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- why does it have to start on January first, right? Like, that's yeah, well, it, yeah. If you have a true goal, it's just a date. Or anything that you that like aspires you to go after, you can yeah. go at it anytime throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's to me that's a stupid concept. Yeah. That's why, like now, like as I get older, I realize like, holidays like don't mean that much to me anymore. Yeah, that whole idea of New Year's is mm-hmm. it's just it's a fucking it's just another day. It's, it's just, just not a day, but yeah. it's just a good time for us to like kind of relax and like recover from like all the bullshit that's happening. No, it's a good time for me to do my taxes. I gather all my expenses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm doing next week. I yeah. like you know tally all my expenses. By the way, I might sound a little different now because I have my tray in. Yeah, your what? My Invisalign. You put your retainers inside. My Invisaligns. Yeah, fucking retainers. Invisaligns. <laughs> okay, just fancy retainers. You call them Invisaligns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look good, man. It's good. Makes your teeth straight. Everyone should have like a bright, beautiful smile. Yeah. yeah. Which you already do. Yeah. I do. I did braces for years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my bottom ones are all fucked. Yeah. So you're not wearing your retainers. I, I wear only when I sleep. Only, yeah, yeah. But that, that still keep that should still keep it like. But this is like not wearing it for like two years. Oh, you didn't wear it for two yeah, years. Yeah, not two years. That's why I just got fucked on the yeah. yeah. So does it actually still fit? Yeah, it still fits. I can still squeeze it in. Okay, but it doesn't like put it back in place. It doesn't have that. It just holds the current shape. Because yeah. yeah. that no, so I have to get new retainers done after the two years. To fit this mold. Oh, to fit this mold. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because that's a teeth misplacement. Right? But this is really minor. Like, I can't really tell. Let's see. Go, let's see. See. No, don't uh, put, put your finger away. It's very minor. You can yeah. see it, but it's very minor. Yeah, but like, it doesn't affect the overall. Kind of, you know, fucking, yeah. Whew. Oh, it's a good idea. I mean, I, I, did, I did braces when I was young. I did when I was 15. Right? Most of my friends are doing it just now. No, I'm doing like when I'm really old. Yeah. yeah. Like I did when I was really young. So maybe I should have done it older. It was expensive. Like, it's so much cheaper now. It was really expensive back then, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. I do my lazy eye surgery, do my braces. Have you had your uh, eye surgery done? Yeah, I done in 2017. But you're wearing glasses now? No, no, lazy eye, not laser Lazy, eye. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not doing laser. Because if I do laser, like, down the road, it's not good for me. Mm-hmm. Did you do yours? Uh, no, I wear contacts. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't put contacts in my eyes. My eyes are just too small. I tried. I can't. I, I can't open my eyes wide enough to slip the contact in. No, I, they're, they're a lot of people with way more smaller eyes than you have. Yeah. And they can still wear eye, con- uh, yeah, eye it's contacts. Just, it's fucking hard. It's like, oh, I can't even like. It takes practice. It's like yeah. acting. Oh, yeah. I just. I. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm going through that pain. Okay. <laughs> I, try, I bought some contacts to practice with, and then like I spent like half an hour trying to do it. I'm like fucking no. all. What, what, what if putting in contacts up your game by like fivefold? No glasses up my game. You think so? No, so my Why? girls tell me they like my glasses. Really? Yeah. Like like hundred percent of girls. Yeah. 
You should have like a vote on Reddit. Huh? Post a picture of you with glasses or without glasses on Reddit and ask the public to people, vote. People like the glasses. <laughs> the glasses, like, the, like I have a, this guy I used to know, he's so fucking weird. Like he doesn't need glasses at all, but he wears them just as an accessory to make him look smarter. Really? Yeah. Because he's like a small dude. Right? Do I know him? No, you don't. Is yeah, he from Shanghai? No. Yeah. But he has like self, self-image issues, I guess. Yeah. So he has to wear the glasses. He must be really ugly. He's but, not. He's oh. not. He's just, he's very baby-faced. Mm. Yeah. But then like he uses the glasses as like a tool uh, to make himself like seem more like an expert or like, a, you know, in his area. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's like I mean like people at like everyone's different like there's different tools like people sometimes use clothing some people use like colognes accessories uh, different footwear to make themselves like stand out a bit it's all it's all do you think those things actually work they do yeah because for me speaking personally I never thought like these things will actually work for the long term. I've always like tried to dress how I want to dress and like what really suits myself. Mm-hmm. And then I just like let my own character and personality play play the role more. That's also true because I think like I can dress the client to their absolute best, mm-hmm. but if they're not comfortable in that suit of armor that I put on for them. Mm-hmm then it's not going to work. Right, right. And then I feel like if I really, really want to step up my game, then I would be more conscientious about my my outfit for that day. And then I would make sure that my mindset and my suit of armor for that day, they are kind of like intermingled together, right? Do you ever find it sometimes where your mindset is at to where your suit of armor is at doesn't match? It definitely there's always going to be discrepancies yeah. but because you're not going you're not always going to feel like a million bucks every day yeah yeah but like that's the thing with clients I feel like the, the, the I feel like the very best stylist out there mm-hmm. or clothing advisors is that they can actually help a client elevate their self image mm-hmm. and how comfortable they are in certain pieces of clothing over time Right. I think our job is not really or the simplified version of my job is this I just sell people clothes that fits them while it looks good yeah. but I think the long term is that being able to get people to feel comfortable in their clothes right. I think that's two completely different things and having, having that like full self confidence that, that, that requires like a whole nother level right exactly yeah, yeah. Like, like I can show them how to wear Tom Brown but you know if they don't feel comfortable in it they're yeah. never going to pull it off well Mm-hmm. like I was super because people like, can feel like even if you're in like a 10k suit today huh. can, people can feel your energy too right yeah. when you're in it yeah you can have like like for <laughs> example <laughs> you sound tired bro I'm yeah, fucking fall asleep you could like I'm let's go wake you up let's play let's do some like, uh, acting exercise right now the fuck acting exercise <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding was, uh, just kidding. You could be like, yeah, you could wear the most expensive suit, but if you don't own that piece of clothing, it just it doesn't it doesn't come off well. Or vice versa, like there's people that are um, that are too showy, right? Like I feel like people that wear uh, cheaper suits 
but for a flash factor or people buy like nice garments to flash off mm-hmm. uh, and they overcompensate with their energy like mm-hmm. that also doesn't work don't you think like that's very typical for like a lot of people nowadays because let's say let's say like there 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 are people who who can afford all these like flashy stuff and yeah. they they definitely overcompensate in, in a sense yeah uh you know i i know people like that actually yeah. uh and i think most people might not see it but i see it because i come from that clothing and styling world mm-hmm. and I, I i've been around enough confidence men and women that knows how to style knows how to dress and knows how to present themselves to see the difference between someone that's truly very secure very confident mm-hmm. um very grounded in their life yeah. compared to someone who's you know still got a lot to prove or they feel like they haven't really uh, that they haven't really gotten I guess the the attention that they deserve what they want right mm-hmm. uh, and it's very obvious there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to that that's actually one of the reasons I don't, I don't hang around on Instagram that much anymore yeah it's just like I don't I don't like that world anymore. I don't. Like yeah, back to it. It's just like a facade, right? It is a facade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's definitely an economy for it. And I think it's like it's good opportunity, but um, I don't know. Like um, the client that I was talking with, the one that wants me to sell uh, curate art, mm-hmm. he he put it to me like this. He said like the more you come into this like luxury world of like things that are like art wine things that are like i guess tried and true and time tested the more you get in contact with people that are not about the hype are not about the next big nft or the next big like whatever like you know dogecoin like the more you get around people who are more grounded mm-hmm. and like and i like, like grounded people yeah yeah he's that's the way he explained it to me and it was yeah. very attractive like, it's yeah. very attractive right he says yeah there's a lot of opportunities you can pull with all of this like mm-hmm. TikTok and stuff like that there's great opportunities for people mm-hmm. that want it but it just it's a it's a different association a different group for sure, for yeah. sure. I yeah. tend to like I have a taste for people who are more grounded and who don't tend to follow the mainstream yeah I feel like that's where the, the, the true values really really lie you can live happier life too I think I, yeah. yeah I think I do live a, a much happier life that way yeah because yeah. a lot of people who follow the mainstream they're actually very miserable yeah how so and this can go really deep because like I don't know who, people who follow the mainstream they're just like following like a bigger crowd right and the bigger crowd usually tends to go with a trend but the trend doesn't really lead to like where you should really get to. You're just like part of like a brainwashing, brainwashing system where the system is trying to trick you on where to go, but it's not really providing the value that you really, really want. Huh. And this kind of goes in, goes hand to hand with like real estate investments because a lot of like people, they're making the mistakes of like, they're making mistakes in real estate investment just by following like the mainstream stuff and that's where a lot of people are losing money on right yeah yeah hey, speaking of real estate and, it's really funny like yeah like realtors uh i have a really good friend who's a realtor actually um but a lot of realtors in general uh 
I feel like realtors are some of the biggest facades in the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, just if you look at the way, like, I always tell clients, it's like, because I remember a client asked me there's the a question. Reason, there's a reason that they say that there's like, the, the, the real estate industry is like, the, 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 it's top 1% for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, not everybody can make it to the top 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, I actually really like real estate. I really like the whole development aspect of it, but I hate the, the, the image that comes with a realtor. Right. Yeah, right. I think the image will be fucked with being a realtor right now. Um, which is, I gotta like shout out to my friend. I think my friend's a really good realtor. He's a really grounded guy. Shout out to Sylvain, because he's a very down to earth kind of yeah. a person. He's someone that's like 100% comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. And being able to tr- show his true self to all of his clients and all the people around him, his friends, family. Uh, but with that being said, like, there's a lot of like, uh, the whole industry works off of this really weird image. So going back to my stories, I had this client once asked me, it was a really interesting question. He said like, uh, how should I not dress? <laughs> and then I said, I was like, I was like, Paul, uh, his name's Paul. I was like, I was like, do you work with realtors? He's like, yeah, I know a lot of them. I said, good. Just look at how realtors dress and do the exact opposite. <laughs> so how, how do the usual realtors dress? Without taste. Without taste. Without taste. They just try to like slap on fancy suit. Whatever is like they feel appeals to like realtors. I feel like realtors dress whatever they feel appeals makes the them look green, right? May, makes them look wealthy mm-hmm. in front of uh, people with less money than them. Yeah. But look respectable to people that they're trying to sell to. Right. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of them. So that are, goes back to point like they're they trying have, to follow the mainstream, right? Yeah. Like, they're trying to. Where you're missing that taste, yeah. like there's right. that taste gap that's yeah, yeah. very like, yeah. And then like, the, it's kind of sad to say that the mainstream actually follow, uh, main, sorry, excuse me, fall for that sort of tactic. But this is also the thing where like, I think we, we got to establish too, is that like, I talk about taste a lot, but this is the reality. The truth is that I spent the last five, six years like studying taste. Can I even say that? Studying taste? Yeah, of course you can. Or learning or acquiring taste, taste, right? you have great taste. But the fact is taste is very expensive. Taste is very expensive. Taste is very expensive. It's not... And the thing is like, yes, we can shit on people without having taste, but in order to actually learn taste, it's a very time-consuming and money-consuming venture you're going to. And there's no ROI on that stuff. It really does. It just makes you... I think it makes you a a more tasteful person. (laughs) But what's the ROI on that, right? (laughs) Right, right. You could be a fucking savage and still live a great life, right? Without taste. There's a a point I gotta make um, before we go back to this. You think it's like a two-way street uh, with two people become friends. Think it's like everything is mutual because you can learn from each other, right? So I I definitely learned... taste from you <laughs> I learned a game like, from you like going to like restaurants yeah like with like good food and stuff like that uh, of course like I've gone before but I think you take it to a, a newer level for me to go to restaurants going to restaurants yeah like and then being willing to like uh Pay for the value that it's worth. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like I think food is yeah, an you experience. Show me, you show me like good taste and food. 
Who's in the I show you, like, what's... The game. <laughs> the game. Like, we'll call what's, it the game. What's good in the game? In the game, yeah. We're going to be super vague. Let's call it the game. Because nobody knows. Everybody listens to what the fuck is the game. What the fuck is the game? Yeah, but it's you not, show it's me not the for game. everybody, It's not right? for everybody, yeah. <laughs> Again, game is very expensive. And it's also acquired. It does, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive. No, it's right? expensive, but it's it's it takes time and it takes practice. It takes practice. And it takes a lot of confidence. It's like taste too. I think like they kinda of go hand in hand. You think so? It, I think it does, yeah. Oh I see. I think I think my taste is what made my game better. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think it really does. I think I, I, I think I can wrap my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 go go deeper, please. Because I think uh, I'll stick with taste because Wait, taste is. We really... should tell people like what game we're talking about, but I'll let you do the pre- pleasure. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down. <laughs> just simplify it. Uh, I think the game is just being confident in who you are, okay, and being able to attract. Um, what yeah. you don't think you can attract before? Yeah, what you don't think you can attract before? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's I a good think, way to put I it. Think that's really what it is, right? Whether it's opportunities, people, right. you know, anything along that sorts, right? Right, right. Insights. Because there are things that I attract now that I had no imagination that I could even come close to before. Yeah. Yeah. Or have to like, or have fun this game that I, I cannot like fathom before. Yeah. Yeah. At times of growth and learning. And yeah. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. just I... Yeah, go back to taste. Uh, I I want to teach a class on taste. <laughs> Create a master But the weird the thing is, like at the end of the class, like everything I talk about, it's all kind of bullshit because at the end of class, taste really comes down to like time, energy, and money. You you gotta invest those three into the taste. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And then some people naturally have it. Some people don't. That's also part of it. Everything. Like in everything in life, there's like some people with natural abilities right. over some other people. It's just yeah, yeah. it's just the case, right? And that's some are better engineers, better that's, doctors. That's just the reality, right? Not yeah. everybody can become an engineer. Yeah. Not everybody can become an investigator. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it takes a lot. There are, there are levels to it, right? Yeah. There are fucking very very shitty yeah. investigators, and there are high level ones, right? Like there are only certain people that can fall into one percent, even. That's why I, I was always like baffled how people can become like personal stylists and make a great living off of it or be like tastemakers right for like fashion or design or whatever mm-hmm. but the more I, I learn about this world I'm sure it's the same for your world too like you realize like there are just people who are just fucking good at it yeah there are, yeah. There are definitely people yeah. who are great and the good the people who are good at it can tell right away when People who are in the same industry who are fucking shitty at it, yes. or just mediocre, yeah. or just average, or all sorts of like nuances in different spectrum. You can't fool each other. You like, can't fool each game, other. Yeah, because yeah. like, game knows game, right? Yeah. Like game knows game. It's yeah. true. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's one thing. Is like, yeah, that's why I always question. Like everything I learned this last five years, was it was it the right stuff? Was it worth it? Is it like you know? But it's also really interesting to know because I never expected to kind of follow this path. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing what I know now, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you're bro, man. I think you're, I'm better off for it. You're, you can take it to a whole nother level than where you are now. Yeah. I fucking guarantee you. For <laughs> to learn. 
to learn from like a master who can like. <laughs> who can like teach you everything? You know? You're the master. No, no, no I'm not water. saying that. I am. More water. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to make you a game master. Game master. <laughs> We'll see. Next couple of years will be interesting. It's 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 early. I think it will be right. <clears throat> Damn. What's up? What else do we talk about? How long are we have? It's two hours and twenty two minutes. Okay. Yeah. So forty more minutes to go. Four minutes. Yeah. We we can cap it in like another twenty minutes. I'm cool with that too. I think yeah, that's sure. right. Yeah. I don't know what else is there to say there's always a lot right? year end podcast 2021 over what's your best memory this year man what did you like there's so so many man no. I feel like oh I feel like I'm gonna curse myself if I say this like, but I've been riding a high wave in the last three years what's the high wave for you just like everything's going pretty well mm. and uh, I project like myself to to still ride ride this wave too, right? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> like career's going well, life is going well. Yeah, I think like overall aspects of my life, everything's going pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Even just like going to acting school and then being able to like literally land land like an agency in like four months. Yeah. I think that's that's a fortune to a lot of people. It's true. Yeah. Did, did you ever feel it was like a low point? That uh, you, you yeah, that's, that's the thing. Compared to like everything before this past like three years, yeah. uh, everything was like at the higher point. Oh. Definitely hit the lows in, before that. You know, mid-20s? You know, kind of like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or okay. early 20s. Yeah. Why, why was it a low point for you then? Is it just like... Just like school shit happens and stuff like that. Yeah. No. So see, life yeah. life gets better. It's definitely getting better. Yeah. That's why, like, I feel like I feel like I almost worried too much when I was in my early twenties. Did you worry a lot? I didn't worry a lot. Yeah. I still worry a lot, but uh, it's weird because I kind of worry less now. Yeah. But you seem like the type of guy that like can just like kind of brush it off his shoulder. Like ever since I known you, mm. you don't uh, put your your issues on your face um yeah that's that's you're, re- you're really good at like managing that that's fair yeah. I mean like I just I feel like a lot of times like my issues shouldn't be other people's burden because other people have their own issues too like everyone's right. got their own problems to deal with yeah, yeah. Uh, my problem is not any more significant right okay. it's but, just yeah. in, in my world it's, that's what I have to deal with in your okay. world you have another set of problems right yeah and I feel like in a relationship like if you can best you know, help each other in the most positive way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the best, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, there's sometimes I think about stuff like trying to buy a house, you know, mm-hmm. trying to buy a car, yeah. you know, shit like that. Yeah. But you, you, at the end of the day, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not that important. Because I think people with different life goals, yeah. um, for some people, like, it's really important to have a house, a car, live a really like comfortable life um 
for me, I, I always imagined that. And I'm, I'm a person that likes a bit of adventure, a little bit of uncertainty, uh, a little bit of uh, chaos <laughs> to some extent. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I just, what floats my boat you know, might sink some others, right? So it's, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it's different. It's different. No. Oh. That's, I mean, like, it's true. Like, I always, that saying I always hear is like, the more you know, the less you are sure of. You think so? I think that's so true. Okay. I think the well, more. Where are some examples? I think the more you know, it's just that the more you know, the less certain you are to speak to something with absolute truth. Really? I think so, yeah. Mm. I think so. Like, like, there are, like, even in styling and menswear, there are guidelines to go by. Yeah. But it's just every case is a little different. Every case is a little different. And you got to approach it with a more humanistic way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not all like, not, it's not all like, you know, ones and zeros mm-hmm. to that. There's, there's like, yes, there's doing things the right way, doing things right by your clients. Uh, there's also making your clients feel good, right? I, I butchered plenty of garments just to make my clients feel good. But even though it might not be the the right piece for them. What do you mean by butchering? Like, uh, I put people in clothes that they're not supposed to be put in. Just to okay. make them feel good. Yeah, because they, they want like, to be. to like, so they can fake it? Yeah, just so they can, yeah, because it makes them feel good, right? Really? Okay. And for me, it's like, that's part of my job too, is that like, I want to make them feel good. Because if they feel good. It makes you feel good? People care less about the clothes that, as much. Oh, okay. As of how they feel, right? So yeah, like I understand the the taste game. Yeah. But it's not also it's not my place to preach the taste game to everyone. Because again, like this is something this is a piece of knowledge I learned I acquired. Yeah. But not everyone needs to learn this. Not everyone deserves to learn this. Yeah. And not everyone has to learn this. To be honest. Right. I just did a suit today for a client. Probably shouldn't be in that suit. <laughs> not the right body shape, not the right, but I still did it. I did a couple alterations I would never normally do because I wanted to get a sale for one of my colleagues. I wanted him to make his commission. Yeah, I wanted so to you help his colleague do Yeah, and I wanted to make the client feel good too, right? Because, yeah. uh, hey, you know, this is, and I'm hoping, like, I always lay the foundation for the client saying, you know, I think this is a really good looking suit for you. We're going to make it look like this for you. Uh, but in the future, you want to explore different options, different fabric small things that I can't fix on this suit that I'm able to do on a, on a made-to-measure on a custom suit, I can do that for you as well. And I always lay that path out for them. So if they do want to explore, if they decide one day, hey, I want to up my taste game, I want to up my my knowledge in this world, I give them that option to come explore it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's one thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets very deep, right? Even in like luxury fashion. Yeah. I mean, your world too, right? You probably deal with a fucking ton of idiots all the time. <laughs> Every industry, man, has a bunch of incompetent you know, fucks. I think, I think I have really well with my, my current company, like being in the tech world. This is all, most people are like really, really smart folks. Yeah. But being in the banks, I do deal with a lot of fucking idiots. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking idiots in the banks. Yeah. I find, I find like, there's a lot of fucking idiots there. Like I work in a restaurant, yeah. some of the most like, I remember working in a restaurant, some of the best experiences are working with like high school kids. 
because it made me realize how smart kids are now these days how confident they are mm-hmm. uh, nowadays this new generation they're fucking confident they're right? confident I love that I love that about them yeah what do you think makes them so fucking confident I think it's I think it's just social media and exposing them to different things yeah and knowing that they can just be confident in who they are and I feel like they grew up so much faster than what we did yeah yeah sure oh no and uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to that, but I think for the most part, I think it's great just to see them be able to overcome a lot of things that we took years to overcome, right? Yeah. Um, but then at the restaurant, I also work with the fucking idiots too. Like, there's just, it's just, there's a lot of dumb people who haven't, like. How so? How so? Like, you know, when you, like, when you are planning, like, a big ass busy night yeah. for, like, 140 guests. Yeah. You need to lay out... Under 40? That's yeah. a lot. You need to lay out, like, a good strategy to, like, when to place tables, how many people you need. Like, there's just... There's not a lot of planning, a lot of considerations taken into it. That's why, like, we're one of the worst-reviewed restaurants, to be honest. It's... it's yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What's up? Are you replying a message, or... No, no. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. No, no, like it's it's fucked like there's always I mean every every organization every system you can see good and bad in it right mm-hmm. and sometimes like early on I was trying to like fix things help out with the restaurant and at a certain point I kind of just gave up because you realize you know they just don't care you know, they don't care and no matter how much I care if they don't care and it's nothing's gonna change it's, you know it's just effort wasted right and that's it yeah so at some point it's just like you know you can you can do the bare minimum sometimes it's not a bad thing so what made you want to like go into the restaurant industry again I was just acting it's totally different from uh, luxury retail because I just needed like a part time job right for acting yeah that's it yeah it's flexible it's It's flexible yeah cool Mm -hmm. that was a that was a really good place to begin where where you're working now the restaurant place yeah it's a piece of shit <laughs> they don't pay the staff on time they owe a shitload of money to people yeah it's, it's are they doing okay though they're doing fine yeah but it's just it's just sad to see the position that the, some of the staff are in um, I'm surprised they haven't been sued yet uh, there, there are lawsuits out but I think it's just there the process are? So there are actual lawsuits yeah but I think it's just the um, the the timing of everything is really slow because mm-hmm. this restaurant's been only open less than two years mm-hmm. right? coming up on two years now uh, we'll see we'll see how long it lasts but I think the you know management is obviously poor uh, the ownership is very fractured um, there's a lot of like how this restaurant handles its business is kind of like how the US health department handled COVID it's a very <laughs> it's a very <laughs> It's a bunch it's of in- embarrassing. Right? It's incompetence and it's a lot of like, like you can't really even like, I don't know. You can't really even say they're bad. They're just they're not. They're not meant to do this. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, I don't know. And I think like the the, the worst part is that you know like, uh, the restaurants taking advantage of. Um, a lot of you know international students uh, taking advantage of a lot of new immigrants 
mm-hmm. uh, who don't have a lot of connections here, who don't speak the language that well, yeah. and uh, abusing them, right? You know, for their labor and not uh, paying them and not compensating them on time. So messed up. It is messed up. Yeah, it's it's very it's very sad. It's very. Um, you know, I remember when like the, the this Vietnamese girl, this international student, came up to me and asked me when she's getting paid, mm-hmm. and oh fuck, like how do I know, right? Yeah. But like I understood why she came up to me because I was one of the most senior person there, right? Yeah. I've been there for a while, and then yeah. she she was wondering if I knew or when the kitchen staff but came dude, to me. Like you're really really persistent and says that you call your boss. I do. You show me your call. Yeah, I called him 24 times on Christmas Eve. or 24 times Christmas early. Eve, I called him. Christmas Eve. So yeah. that's like, that says a lot about you. Like, you stand true to your value. Like, what you believe in, you're actually, like, go after it. Well, like, he owes me money, right? I'm not yeah. going to, like, this. For either, for, for, like, yeah. yeah. Like, for... But you for know a tickle, For a typical... A typical person, yeah. they wouldn't even dare to call their boss, like, more than once, right? That's yeah. what I mean. But... I I normally wouldn't either, but it's just that like he has shown me a complete lack of respect towards human dignity. And it's like it's funny in the sense that you call him like twenty four times and he's still not sick of you. Like he it's not even getting rid of you. Yeah, he's not even firing me. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really yeah. weird actually. And of course, like you don't even give a shit if you were like if no. he fires you. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. If he fired me, I might burn down his restaurant. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. You know what? So it's like 10 minutes until like 12 a.m. Yeah. So let's let's talk about something that we where we can like bring it to a high level of energy and end up on a good note. Okay. What do you want to talk about? It's high level energy. Up on a good I don't note. know, man. <laughs> no. So like 2021 year in review. Has it been a good year for you? It's been an interesting year. <laughs> It's been a fucking interesting. Can you, can you share why it's been, <laughs> it's been interesting, man? I just, I just, I, I want to say overall, it's been a good year. Uh, it's just there's still so much unknowns. It's, it's, it's exciting. Been, yeah, I think like you, you were experienced to like, you were exposed to like very, very new and exciting experiences, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, both like personally, professionally, yeah, uh, morally. There's yeah. like there's all kinds of like new decisions I had yeah. to face. You know, like has I'm, it ever I, been like controversial at some point? Of where, course, like, man. Yeah. I made some moral decisions where I would have never, you know, things that I would consider immoral to do. Yeah, uh, I made some decisions this year. I don't think my 22 year old me would be proud of. Um, but you know, like that's part of growing up, right? Because when you become a man. Uh, it's it's different than when you're like a young adult, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what your 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 rules, your values, and your standards uh, as a young adult, it's never gonna be in in line with what you were as a twenty two year old. No. I mean I, I mean as an adult and yeah. compared to like a young adult. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And times change, and I I grow, and I don't know. I like I used to think about like I gotta be the best person I can be do you ever think about that like just being of course, like that? Of course. but at this at a certain point too it's just like it gets very tiring and I, I just I wanna be like, able to be myself sometimes to be a really good person you gotta be able to satisfy the other person right yeah like you gotta yeah but if you don't sat- if you're not like making the other person happy in certain scenarios then you're not being a good person anyway. but sometimes making <laughs> making other people happy isn't isn't the, the best way to live your life 
Right. Like I, I remember this like Chinese actor I really like. He said that like everybody wants to live the way they want to live, but very few people can afford to do that or yeah. uh, have the balls to do so. Yeah, the balls to do so because yeah. everybody wants to live the way right. like where just uh, do what they want to do yeah, right yeah. now. But no one like, and it's nothing to do with like whether or not you live in like a free country or whatnot. It doesn't fucking matter. It's yeah. just it's just no no one's able to actually live how they truly want to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a very rare thing. I think that's that's one of the things I just I strive to to do is just to live by my terms. So that's why that like you're able to brush like all of these like controversial like uh, things that like oppose your self values off very 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 well. Because when you talk to me about it, you're you, it's like it seems very natural to you. It is. Yeah. It is to some weird extent, actually. It was one more water. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? Um, What's fucked up about you this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not pretty, like, crazy stories. But Obviously, you're not going to share them on here, I know. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, so that's what, like, why we did not air the first podcast that we ever did right? <laughs> they were just too raunchy the first podcast is just not appropriate it's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you want to tell like I guess listeners I don't know if people can make it through like I lost so much energy after the first hour I don't know if people can finish this two and a half hour podcast you never know you never know, never know. there's it's always true. like an audience for everything that's true yeah. yeah some people just like the sound of my voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, that's why I have a face for radio. <laughs> I think you have a radio voice, though. The radio voice? I hope so, yeah. yeah. I, I like to do radio and just talk all day. Yeah. It's very tiring. <laughs> you want to call it? Uh, enough on high note. Huh? Enough on high note? Yeah, enough on high note. Well, what do you want to... Um, do I hip hip hooray? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Do I do a toast to 2022? Yeah, let's do it. Go for it. A toast to 2022. To the same shit, but a little bit more flavor. <laughs> more flavor? Yeah. It's already, it's, pretty, it's already been a pretty fucking crazy year for you. Hey, no, it's the same shit, a little more flavor, a little more nuance, a little more compassion. Oh, shit, I like a, that. A little more, a little bit more respect. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more self-awareness. I think for everyone, for the world, for friends, yeah. um, a little bit more calm. A little bit more calm? There's want to be more calm. A little more calm, I think, yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm good with like always having that spice to my life. I can't, I don't, I don't. You can do flavor or calm. Yeah. You can have flavor, but okay. I think calm is a little bit more well, let's just say more thoughtfulness. More thoughtfulness. More thoughtfulness? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I think it's just, it's, it's a weird time. I think people are a little bit too, um, too trigger happy. Too trigger yeah. happy. <laughs> to put in American term, too trigger happy. Too trigger happy. Yeah, their finger on Isn't the trigger. Is that a good thing? Uh, no. No? I, I think, I think. It, you, you don't think it's a good thing to I be think like for some happy people, all the time? No, I, I, I think, or trigger happy is not happy. What's trigger happy? Trigger happy to, to knee jerk. Oh, okay. It's too knee-jerk reaction. I think I think like being happy. I think 
I think being trigger happy or being too knee-jerk reaction is kind of like taste. It depends on a person. Some people can do good with it. Some people do good without it. Yeah. I think it's just, it's up to the to individual right. to really identify that. I don't think it's anything that can be decided uh, based on like a single system of, yes, everybody can be A or everybody can be B. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think next year... Uh, I don't know. I want to see some interesting stuff. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We'll see. I think, like, from this point on in my life, I always want to see interesting things. Like, always, because I've already set the baseline, right? So I got to, like, always go higher and higher. Go higher, yeah. Yeah. You you get married soon? Married soon? Yeah. Uh, No clue, man. You know, man, your dad's worried for you. Dad? Yeah. My dad doesn't give a shit. Is your dad still in Taiwan? Yeah, he is. Are you going to go visit him? Uh, Next year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Really nice. Mm-hmm. I want to go. I'll, I'll go back to, I mean, to so next, yeah. next year, like, same, up, same as what... Same with what you just said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, like what you want for next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, we will explore, explore more taste. Yeah. Yeah. But... Oh, I just... Do, I always say do more stuff, but next year I want to do less stuff. I feel like I did too much stuff. This year? Yeah. I feel like I really got to like, I've done a good job the last couple of years of just like winding things down and really focusing on a few key things. Cause I, I find I feel so much better just doing like a few small things. I think so. I do, I feel better. Yeah, I do. I, do, I don't want to worry That's about That's why it. I didn't like overextend myself like no, no. this year. Yeah. That's one of my biggest like kryptonite is that I always, I, I bite off more than I can chew. It's been a story of my life, wherever. You and I the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to go through that because I think everyone needs to experience that, especially people who are go-getters and they want to achieve a lot of things. I think everyone does that. I think... Uh, yeah. I got to make a point after this. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think like what you're saying now, it, it applies to the concept of playing the game. Yeah. When you're... When you're... When you're overspreading yourself it's not as enjoyable yeah. that's why it's always better to have like something that's more meaningful yeah, yeah. 100% I think it's a, it's, it's a generalized rule but I think it's it's applied but again like people don't know unless they experience it yeah. and there's a lot of things I think like just if I explained this to my 20 year old self I wouldn't get it because right. I would have to live through those moments and really understand that through experience yeah for sure yeah, yeah. so I don't uh, know you know it's getting better and better, right? It is better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So, so next time we do this, yeah. whether it's like a year, two years, or three years later, yeah. if it's three years later, yeah. hopefully I'll be a multi-millionaire by then. I think so. Yeah. I think I'll be. I won a fucking Academy Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. All right, it's Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We'll, Merry we'll Christmas. See, Merry Christmas. Well, it's already Happy past holidays. Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll yeah. see you in uh, 2022. 2022. Peace.